Welcome to episode 135 of the Reptile Gumbo Podcast. Uh, we are again, one. It, it's just rotating co-hosts in here. Way too close to you. I don't like this. Well, because there's only two of us tonight. <laughs> well, there's only two of us in studio. Katie's here. Robert's not here. He had uh, something happen at the shop. Couldn't make it in tonight. But we did find a replacement. I, I don't know if it's better or worse, but we found a it's replacement. Be fabulous. So let's go ahead and bring our replacement in. <laughs> I think most of our listeners know him. If you don't... Uh, what rock are you living yeah, I'm about under? To say, you, you've got to know him. Here we go. It is Chris Eaton from Snakes and the Fat Man. How's it going, Chris? I, I think you just traded one fat guy for another fat guy, That's so it's more of a it's it's more of a lateral move. You but know? you have a cool hat. Robert does not I have do. a cool hat. There's a there's a certain weight we have to meet on this podcast, so I had to find <laughs> another fat guy to fill hey, in. Hey, I got gotcha. you. I'm losing some of that weight. Thank you very much. That's why I had to find Chris. <laughs> yep. No, fucking Katie's been showing off the cans lately. That's good. I know, I know. Good I actually her. thought about you earlier. Whoa. I, not like that. It happens. I was, I was working I was working upstairs on some t-shirts, and I just had a tank top on, and I was like, hmm, I know who our co-host is. Then I was like, no, I'm going to throw a t-shirt on. I can't do the podcast in a tank top. Like, I just oh. couldn't do it. That's, that's good to know. I know. Uh, let's get our... our uh, Sponsor stuff out of the way. Go, Katie. Oh, man, my phone you, just went to sleep. Why, why did, did you, you do that? that? Nope. If you are looking for a high-quality PVC rack, look no further than Lone Star Reptile Racks. They offer a variety of sizes of for all types of snakes, geckos, rats, and more. You can even order something custom. Shipping is available, or you can plan to pick up at a Herps Reptile Show near you. Visit ellisreptileracks.com to reach out to Lone Star Reptile Racks and place your order today. Yes, if you need a rack or a cage, reach out to Robert. Uh, so speaking of Herps Reptile Shows, let's go ahead. I feel like uh, uh, going through Chris's sponsors. Uh, Herps Reptile Shows in Waco, Texas is, uh, in two weekends, October 15th and 16th. And then November, we're in Lafayette, Louisiana, November 5th and 6th. And then November 12th and 13th, Chris, we're in Pearland. <laughs> yeah, I know. Pearland. Yeah, yeah, I know. We're in Pearland, Texas. Uh, and then December 3rd and 4th, we're over in Austin, Texas. Go visit a... Uh, Corey Martin and yep. see her full-time setup now. Oh, fun. That's right. F- full-time breeder. And then uh slide out Louisiana is the last show of the year, December 10th and 11th. And then the first show is over in Oklahoma city, Oklahoma, January 14th and 15th, Longview, Texas, January 21st and 22nd. And then Conroe on my birthday weekend, January 20th, 29th. So that is the, the list of future herp shows. And then, uh, I, I mean, who else do we need to mention? We could mention the sign behind me, but good. We'll get to that in a minute. Oh, and then our, our <laughs> friends. Are, go ahead. You got to mention that uh, the pet shop. Yeah, Wiregrass, Wiregrass Exotics. Exotics. Yep. Wiregrass Exotics over in Ozark, Alabama. If you need for all your feeder needs and all of your other reptile needs. Oh, look, Sean Gray is in the in the chat. What's up, Sean? And then I guess I'll go ahead and bring in our guest and uh, talk about the sign that is behind me because it's from them. It's that's still probably one of the coolest things. Of course, I bring oh, them in. Oh, there you go. Oh, I bring no. them in. The camera is frozen to hell and back. Oh, no. What? I don't know. It's, it's oh, man. Our our guest tonight, for those that can't see or hear, <laughs> apparently, are uh, focus, focus Cubed Habitats. It's it's Stephen and Ashley, but uh, I can't, we can't we see do them. We if you can hear us. We are here. They are there, yeah. but right now the screen looks like one of those things where if you stare at it long yeah. enough, you see a sailboat. We'll keep looking. Let us know what you see. <laughs> but our sign behind us was made by them. I think you're where our kid gets it from. What? 
We were driving home today. And she's like, look at that elephant. I was like, what? She's like, in the clouds. No, look you, remember, at the you remember in the 90s, everybody went ape shit over those 3D, like you stare at it long oh, enough. Oh, I so never you can could see find a, the picture. I can never find them. Yeah, you had to like cross your eyes and then right. slowly move Never backwards. saw shit. They just gave me a headache. Everyone lied. There was nothing. Everyone didn't want to be left out. And so they assumed, they pretended they saw shit in those pictures. Oh, there was always a giraffe in one of them. You could just, it was like answer, you know, C. You could just get away with it. Hey, look, are we here? Oh, there they are. Well, there's, there's Steven. It's just me. Hey, this is a good part. All right. Hey, oh, no. Steven and half an Ashley. Listen, that's the great part. Yeah. I'm the good part. She's the great part. Oh, there you oh, go. I thought you were just saying that I'm half a married of man. I thought you were saying that half <laughs> of Ashley was the great part. I was like, that seems weird. There's no bad parts. We're good. That's a good answer. Fuck that. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think y'all have been together long enough. That is not the answer I would give. Oh, no, we've noticed each other since kindergarten or something, yeah. yeah. Aww. She was, well, she's been weird for a long time. I'm I mean, there's nothing it. wrong with that. She, you want to talk I'm, into the mic? I'm, I'm about as weird as they come. There's nothing wrong with that. That's really there fucking true. Stranger the better. Oh, look, C. Anal Side Exotics is in the chat. Jesus. All right. Yeah, Canadians. Oh, Antoine, Antoine Hood. Fuck you, Antoine. <laughs> Why are you like this? <laughs> Fuck Antoine Hood. I can say that because he's Jesus. way far away from me. I'll smack him for you. It'll be okay. <laughs> I've yet to be in the same room as him, so it's okay. I'll smack him for you. One of these days we'll be in the same room, and then I'm going to have to be nice to his face. But right now, fuck Antoine. Whatever. <laughs> or something happens to your face. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris, how's it going up there in New York? Oh, fantastic. It's fucking 40 degrees. I was just about to ask Shut you, the what's up. the weather? God, I, yeah, I, I, can't, I came from 98 degree... Texas, where everyone is sticky and not in a good way, <laughs> to 50 degree or 40 degree weather here, pouring rain, cold, disgusting rain. Somebody got and, snow uh, today in the country. Somebody, okay. No, no, no. I saw <laughs> in the entire country. One that one, one person. There was that guy that got All snow. All of you can kiss my ass. Someone also got wind today. <laughs> yeah. I forget where. I saw it on the news. Who the fuck cares? I don't know. We didn't. It was, I, sw- I was sweating today. Yes. Mm. It's quite hot here. Yeah, it, and it's only 90, so it's not really hot. It's, no. oh, it's October. Yeah. It's coming. It's in the beginning of October. It's coming. It's yep. always a, a, a crapshoot, whether it's warm or cool. By One of rain. us will get snowed on in a few weeks, I guarantee. It won't be us. <laughs> yeah. It won't be us. We'll get, Sorry, that, we'll get that week of pretend fall where it drops into like the 60s and everybody's like oh it's here and then it's back up to the 90s the next week yeah mosquitoes and swamp gas yeah just gross <laughs> so many dudes wanted to fucking hug me too at Arlington oh. and I was just like listen we are not at that level okay? <laughs> hey we kept our distance we did good we oh saw- you did you definitely did good sort of at an angle There's no confrontation yep. we're not quite angry we're not quite friendly we're sort of something in between <laughs> Yep, seems, seems like that head nod. Yeah, so yeah, it was all right. So, uh, how'd you enjoy your trip down to Texas, Chris? Besides it being much hotter than it is up there, I, I had a better time than I thought I would. Good. Uh, yeah. <laughs> what? what, did, I mean, what that's were you exciting. expecting to have? <laughs> well, the the plane got delayed an hour on the tarmac, right? And I was I was just thinking, I wonder if I ask them really nice, will they just drop, let me get off? And I'll just skip the whole trip because this is ridiculous that I got to travel five hours to get somewhere. 
And then I get down to Texas. I, wait, wait. And I love that you had to travel five hours to get somewhere. It would have taken me at least four hours, four and a half hours to get to Arlington. Just to drive. Yeah, Just no, driving. That's ridiculous. That's yep. ridiculous. Yeah. I would not. Uh, I, I don't go to shows that are 45 minutes from my house just because I'm like, fuck that. <laughs> you I got to drive uh, 30 to 45 minutes to get anywhere in Houston. <laughs> no, we. Uh, and then I was meeting people there. They're like, yeah, I drove 17 hours to be here. And I'm like, you are out of your fucking mind. <laughs> That's insane. How far did we so, drive to Chicago? I don't know. Tinley's what, 17 hours from here? I was about to say 17. Yeah. yeah, my dad used to do that. Yeah. Yeah, that's gross. That's this weekend. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I hopefully they've learned that they're not putting anybody in little rooms off to the side for people to get pissed off. No, they apparently uh, – did, did you see the map? The it's map hu- it's huge. It's huge. Yeah, they and, opened up um, another wall and took over another room. Yeah. Last night, somebody offered to pay for me to go down there, and I was just like, no. <laughs> There's no point in going to that. To see more ball python people. Be the fucking worst. They so. do have three. I saw in the email today that I got from US Arc that there's three fundraisers this weekend at Tinley for US Arc or just fundraisers in general. Well, there's one actually for McVeigh. Where's my right? Phone? And then the, I think the other two. Are for he me. was at Arlington though. He made it there, right? I I saw him, but I didn't okay. talk to him. Yeah, yeah, he had a booth there. Yeah, so. At least physically, he was fine. I mean, I know the car was totaled, but but I saw the. Did you see the painting that it was uh, Russ Gurley and Adeline did like a co-painting that they're going to auction off? Oh, yeah, cool! I saw that. Yeah, Russ did the top, which was like these cool skulls, <laughs> and then uh, Adeline did the did a snake, did a, a rhino viper on the bottom. So that's also going to be there. There's the live auction and the silent auction. Yeah. And then, uh, the McVeigh fundraiser and the Herpetological Conservation International fundraiser. Yeah, I'm, I'm too poor. I'll I'll just plug it on here. Hey, everybody, go give money. Yeah, and then the I, I always stayed at the auction for like half an hour, and I was just like, "This is killing me now." If you're not, so it's it's weird. I remember when I first got into this, and I went to like Daytona, and I used to be like, "Oh, this is fun to watch this," and, and I went to Arlington earlier this year, and I sat through it, but like. If you're not at one of the tables with folks with money, eh, there's no reason for you to be there. So the Gladys Porter Zoo is raffling off a new Jeep Wrangler. Where? The at tickets? the zoo or at the... <clears throat> it's in the U.S. Ark. Why is a zoo raffling off a Jeep Wrangler? Mm-hmm. Does it say why? You didn't read it. You just read the title. No, then. it's all it says <laughs> it's is so it's perfect. their 51st year in 2022, yeah, and they're... That bogus Tipton is donating. And they're going to raffle off a death 2022 machine. Jeep Wrangler as part of their annual Zufari fund. That's got to be the most flipped vehicle on earth. Well, they got Zufari in there, so. Yeah. <laughs> Just go herping like out in the. Yeah, it's $100 a ticket. Yeah. Wait, how much a ticket? It's $100 a ticket. <laughs> oh, okay. All right. That's, that's not tip For your chance to win a 2022 Jeep Wrangler. I don't. I don't know why that's on the U.S. Arc email though. Like I don't know. It doesn't make sense to me. Just give money to U.S. Arc, guys. Just go give money to yeah. U.S. Arc. Yeah. Just send them Buy your money. Own Jeep. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Get your own fucking you Jeep. Have fun with the insurance on that Jeep. So, Chris, uh, Ashley, and Stephen are starting a podcast. So I figured you and I could tell them all the reasons not to start a podcast. 
I have a few. I've heard <laughs> I've been co-opted into this. I feel I, your I, pain. I was, I was told this was happening, and I'm like, well, enjoy. Hey, you're the one that won all the gear. I'm just using it. Well, I remember the first time we're on this podcast and I'm up in this same room holding a cell phone, trying to like video my face. And I'm like, this is an embarrassment to everyone. Us <laughs> and the people who've invited us to be on this podcast. I'm like, yeah, we spent $8 bajillion after that. I was so mad. I'm like, this is a ridiculous way to do this. So we bought, I don't know, whatever this little board thing is. We got the pod mic things. I'm like, we're not going to look like too stupid again. Just a little dumb. And then, of course, she takes it to a whole new level. Yeah. yeah, because y'all don't have uh, enough shit to do. If it's worth doing, I, it's I'm, worth overdoing. Okay. Yeah, if it if it works out one time well, I'm like, ah, it's all paid for. You know, it's just you just don't look like a dummy. I feel like people see Ash, Ashley and Steve and they think they're gonna burn themselves out, but I don't think Ashley can run at normal pace. I think mm-hmm. she only functions at nonstop. Something's wrong. Yeah, yeah. that's what, my nickname is Squirrel, so I definitely have like a ADD problem for sure. Yeah, I think yeah. I, I saw Ashley relaxing on Friday, and I was like, I wasn't even sure it was her. You know, I was just like, oh, who's that? Just hanging out, beating the pool, just chilling. Yeah, was like, yeah we, twenty minutes. Yeah, That's we tried. Enough. Yeah, Bill had to come get us from the his snake area because we were in there setting up enclosures and putting plants and everything. He's like, go outside, go talk to people. I'm like, I'm almost done. I got to wipe this stuff off. Hold on. Just you're either course, we put extra crap in there, and of course we had it all lit up. So when you walked in there, it was a full show. You know, like I can't help it. Yeah, we oh, can't man. stop. Well, you're either in the shop building stuff, or you're out fishing, or I mean, I think people forget that you have monitors, which take like they're not snakes. You can't just ignore them like a snake people and just like see yes. them in like three days. So There's that's monitors in this house. And then like you drove all the way to Georgia and back at one point to deliver cages in two days. Yeah, yeah, we, we were up an entire day. We did a full normal day at 8.30 at night. We went and did our daily fishing, so we were behaving, and we did what we were supposed to do. And then after that, we drove to Georgia, delivered the enclosures, stacked them up, you know, took our pictures, did all our stuff, and then essentially drove straight back. Yeah, I had it to was, pick up our, our Dobermans in the morning, so we had to be there. We got there at 8, rolled in, picked them up. Yeah, it was like 30-something hours or more straight That's just going. Insane. I don't think Chris has ever driven 30 hours in his entire life. Never, never. It's <laughs> not going to happen. I yeah. prefer- well, we used to do a lot of driving on the bus with the band, but it, it wasn't us driving. Yeah. You, you know, it was us getting high and fucking doing drugs in the back of the bus. So fucking, I've, I've been on the road for 30 hours, but. It's not, different not, when you're not driving. Like yeah, <laughs> not not, you weren't there. <laughs> it's like, yeah, mentally, it was you were was there. Well, yeah, the driving, it's the only time that, like, your mind shuts down, kind of. Like, at least for me. It's please don't. Only- I need you yeah. to pay attention while you're driving, please. I understand exactly what you're saying. That's fucking horrifying. <laughs> you're in your head, and you're just, you know, you're in actually enjoying, like, the moment, not just trying to focus on everything that's going on around you as far as, like, Just shut down while I'm great. driving this 2,000-pound steel beast down the oh, road. Yeah, pounds. it's more yeah. with a trailer. Oh, yeah. You got a, you got oh, yeah, plus that, it. so... 7,000. Yeah. It's the only time to relax is driving. Who needs to think while doing that? I think about work. So what is your podcast going to be about? It's a great question. (laughs) I thought they froze for a minute. I thought they froze. That was total real time. (laughs) They're like, 
So I don't know if anybody's ever seen. I think I talked about before, but ever seen like South Park where they had the underpants gnomes, and then the underpants gnomes. The plan was pl- step one: steal the underpants. I'm pretty sure you've talked about that step on this two. Yeah, 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 literally, you told yeah. that story. That's they're, they're the underpants times, gnomes. Yeah. They but, thought podcast, and then put out podcast, but they didn't think about the middle part where you had to like do the podcast. But see, when I tell stories over and over, I get in trouble for this, and I yes, bust that because people it. don't understand how many times I've heard that story. Underpants gnomes. Under fucking underpants gnomes. Oh, I keep hearing oh. the word they. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Ashley, so what is your podcast about? <laughs> Steven is my co-host. Oh, Does he know that? Yeah. He does now. Oh, I'm aware he does now. now yeah, yeah. yeah, this is live on the Reptile Gumbo. He is finding this out. Oh, gosh. Overall, it's just going to be more of a, you know, you have podcasts about reptiles and keeping, but there's nothing really centered around the actual enclosures. And that's why it's called Enclosure Talk. If you follow Focus Cubed Habitats, you'll see that I do on most of the builds, I'll do like a one minute to three minute, maybe even more, depending on how detailed it is, video on each of the builds that we have going out of the shop. And so many people gave me such great feedback on that, that they love it. And I said, you know, maybe we should go into more detail. And it's a little bit difficult to go into detail when you're just holding the phone, looking at an enclosure. But with the podcast, when it's looking at us, we can kind of discuss like what it's like one to be a part of uh, uh, an enclosure manufacturer and a part of the reptile community in that aspect, as well as like the keeping part of enclosures, because you're not just, you know, we, have the dreams of like snakes just in rooms and stuff, but obviously you have to have your animals in some kind of enclosure. So it's really the unspoken thing that people don't talk about. No, the so gen- the general public there. assumes that I just have my snakes roaming around my house. Yeah. They so come in many people. Yeah. yeah, they're checking you out in your yeah. sleep. Yeah, I can yeah. eat this guy. Are you doing it live or pre-recorded? So in the beginning, we're going to do it pre-recorded for the most part, just because we kind of want to get our feet under us. But obviously... I would love to do lives. We did a few of those Q and A's and that was yeah. actually kind of cool. Like you'd ask people a few questions ahead of time and then they, would you know, send questions in and, you know, you'd set up the camera on Sunday or whatever. And you would just kind of go through those questions and kind of riff about what's going on. I'm like, that was actually pretty cool. Cause you can kind of update people, you know, it's we're two people doing a lot of stuff. So trying to like constantly keep up with everybody and every question and constantly posting and telling people what's going on. It's tough. So it was kind of cool when we did those Q and A's, you could give like a kind of weekly overview of what was going on at the shop and then kind of answer some specific questions in between them. I mean, that was kind of cool. Yeah. Live is so much easier. Yeah. I don't edit shit because it's live. Yeah. Well, well, it's funny. I hear like guys talking about the, you know, like live podcasts, especially when they have like comment sections and people commenting and they talk about how it's a dumpster fire. And I'm like, I think that'd be so much fun. Just a oh, comment yeah. section of just, you know, full assaults, annihilation in the corner. You're trying to like keep everybody's attention and explain stuff. And there's just a doo doo fire next to you. I'm like, that's, yeah, that's always that's kind of fun. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's a little bit we exciting. We don't have that case though. Do we? Chris is about That's because nobody Chris, watches. This I told podcast. you. Hey, I know it's coming. I was just about to say. Me. I was just about to say. Chris is about to say shit about because nobody's watching it. Oh, it's probably true. No, no. When I ask people to ask questions ahead of time, I never get a question. I always get a statement, a factual <laughs> statement. <laughs> they're, they're like, "Hey, Chrissy, bitch tits, uh, go fuck yourself. You're a fat fuck." And that's the comment that they. Leave. So I'm like, All right, that, that doesn't help. Yeah. I love how that's a factual statement. Nobody yes, yes. follows 100%. directions. 
<laughs> the factual, yeah, it's just the Group worst. Science, we know. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it's fun doing it live though because um, because you're just avoiding all the work that goes into editing. Yes. Uh, like the, the biggest mistake I ever had was putting the main show on YouTube. Like I hate all that stupid editing and fucking being a little cunt and being like, oh, follow me on YouTube and fucking like, get, you know, I, I, like I can't do what MJ does and I can't be like smash the like fucking, <laughs> uh, you, you know, fucking fat man in the building. Shut the fuck up. I, I can't. I don't know. You know? did pretty good. Yeah, that's not that's not my Chrissy thing. bitch tits in the building. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. I just I hear people talk about when they have to edit shit, and I'm like, I don't. I edit sound. Sound quality is the only thing I edit on this. I don't cut out anything. I don't. I add an intro and an outro and edit sound. I don't want it to be work. Yeah. Oh, it's yeah. definite work. Yeah, yeah. See, I don't. Right. I don't want that. Yeah, like I was talking to Justin the other day, and he was like, "Fucking." Uh, Hey, just redo this. I'm like, motherfucker, like, you don't go. But like, and, and Ashley and Steven know because they're my sponsors too. I'm like, fucking, I'm not, I, I, I can't do, uh, like, I have to do pre-recorded stuff to just drop it in to make it, um, to make it more manageable, you know? Um, like John Lehman fucking sends me a new script every fucking episode. <laughs> <laughs> and I got to record it every episode. And, um, you know, I'll do it, but I'd rather not. Well, those guys are doing new stuff, I guess. We're just, we're existing. I'm like, anything yeah. is, is better than nothing, I guess. Yeah, but you guys are doing really cool stuff because the shit that you showed me on Friday at Bill's, that you showed everybody, really, is insane stuff. I mean, you guys are going to get a ton of watchers just because... You're you. I was just about to say it's because well, of who you are. Well, yeah, and and I've and I've watched y'all go from. I mean, well, y'all been in business for what three years? Four? Yeah, just Not coming, a, three? Yeah, 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 coming up on three, three years. Yeah. yeah, it was about November when we started messing around with the. Uh, I feel like y'all have been in this game way longer than. No, that. I mean, I remember the Conroe when they used to do Conroe still, and hang out right. with everybody. Uh, that was before we were actually an enclosure builder. That's when we were just breeders and we actually had free time. <laughs> So, I mean, I've, I've watched y'all grow. Y'all have done a great job, but like, you know, Chris put your name out there and you, you've gone, you know, Canova's got you out there and everybody mentions you, but you've earned it. It's not like, uh, you've, you've bought your way into people talking about you. I mean, your cages are different than anything anybody else is doing and it's going to keep y'all busy, which I guess is, is good because y'all don't know how to take breaks. So. Well, like fortunately, anything good that's happened has been kind of organic. I'm like in the beginning, you have people like contacting you like, oh, your stuff looks cool. Send me a bunch of free stuff and I'll promote you. And of course, you know, when we were new, that was OK. You'll send a couple people things and you realize that stuff never goes anywhere. So when you're trying to like artificially like promote yourself or advance yourself, that just it doesn't work. I'm like the idea is to really just make the best thing that you can. And if it's actually good. People are going to notice it. They're going to find it and stuff's going to start working for you. So it's like, you know, the people who say nice things about us, they paid for their enclosures that we didn't send them a bunch of free stuff and like a elbow, like, Hey, say some nice stuff about us. I mean, they actually, they bought it from us and we tried our best to send them what they asked for. So I think that's a huge part of it is just try hard and give people what they ask for. Well, it's funny if you were to see what, what your your website is someone goes to your website and sees how to order something 
you kind of go against the, when you start, start small, very few options. You're like, no, when we start, we're going to have 75 options for every cage and it can come in whatever color you want. And, but you've made it work. Like you've done it and it hasn't set you back. Whereas a lot of people would do that and have all these options. And then it would set them back by having way too many things and they'd get lost in it. Have you, that's a, I don't know. It's, it's been a quite a road trying to navigate around that, especially, you know, when, when, all the material, you know, crisis hit yeah. everything. But yeah, I mean, basically, if people want something, we give them the option to choose it. Well, people are clever and they'll do their homework. So if you allow the people the opportunity to look at what they want, think about what they want, they can, I mean, you can, we have a lot of articles on our page. You can go and look at it and it kind of explains what all the things are. And you can go do your own research and kind of look and think about how you want to keep stuff. And usually you can figure out what you want. So, it's instead of limiting people, you kind of have everything at your disposal. You have as, as much or as little as you want. So you can start easy or you can start, you know, with a ton of different stuff. Have you ever had someone say, I want an enclosure at this, this size, does like decorate it how you want? Like, have you ever had anybody give you that freedom? Well, some of the most fun build builds we have are somebody going, I have this animal. I need this size. Go for it. And yeah. it's just a totally custom, like, you know, open checkbook build. They say, just go as silly or as calm as you want. And those usually turn out the best because you have that kind of freedom to just do what you think is cool or good or new or modern. And you just, you know, build your own new one-off thing. And that's usually how you learn on kind of how you need to build things from then on. So you get cool. that opportunity one time. Somebody just like, yeah, just do whatever you think it needs. And you get to build that pilot enclosure and figure out what works and what doesn't work. And then you can kind of go from there. So those, those are some of the most fun where somebody's like, just give me what you want. And that was kind of like a, a lot of what uh, Bill asked for. He's like, I need, you know, he, he only asked for uh, two enclosures and they were three by two by twos. And we brought him like eight different things. They were all built totally weirdly with all kind of different stuff. And, you know, he's going to set those things up and test them and find out what works and what doesn't. And we have the creative freedom to try new designs, new materials, new electronics. And we just kind of, we went ham on it. That's so that's, fun. those are the most fun. That's when you learn stuff. Is so when you that's get cool. It's prototyping with in actually the field, because we only have only so much we can do in our own home, which we do prototype pretty much everything. But getting it out there is also another great way to get feedback and develop a better product. Well, Chris has a, a, a wall of your cages. And Chris, you got those without really knowing what you were going to put in them. So, like, did you just tell them, hey, I want cages? Or did you have an idea of what sizes you want for possibly what you were going to put in them? No, I had no idea. And I should have ordered bigger ones, I think, for what I want. For what I, for what I want. But I don't have any room anymore, so I got to make it work. But, um, no, I just told them. I think Steven, I think I told you I need two three by twos and two two by twos. I have no idea what's gonna go in them and uh and man, well when they got here it was like and they offered that blue option. You know, I figured the, the you know, part of my logo was blue and fucking man, they they look amazing. Like it it's it's I'm considering putting them in the main area of the house, but then I have to clean these fucking animals every day, you know, and uh, I don't know. The, the frogs, I only clean like twice a month, and I'm like, fuck these frogs. You know, like, like, like there's too much fucking work now. Um, 
But no, best cages that I best display cages that I ever that I ever owned. I mean, they're fucking incredible. Yeah, they look cool sitting there empty. It's like a piece you know? of art. It's like you have yeah. a piece of art in your house now. The only cage I have that's in my living room is a focus cube cage. Everything else is in the snake room or in a closet somewhere. Yeah. You yeah. got that matrix, right? That little, it's mm-hmm. like one square foot, little 12 by yeah. 12. Yeah. Those things are cool. Yeah. I have a house I mean, snake in it. It's been great. Right. Hooray. <laughs> they're, they're, they're compact. They work. You need a little heat. The heat works. It actually I mean, fits in. I was just about to say, fun fact. So it's, it's actually in, you know, we like go to Walmart, you can buy those, uh, it's like four or eight square cube, like to for like a TV on or something. Better homes okay. and gardens and can, make them. And that little thing fits right in those cubes. <laughs> right. So she's on display, like right in the middle it's of all of It's her next stuff. to all of my like Lego that I've put together. Yeah. Well, it looks like a Lego. Looks like it's supposed it, to be yeah. part of it. It does kind of, yeah. We've had so many people look at these enclosures and they're like, what is that? We've been at shows and they're like, these are awesome. What are they? You know, it's like, what's an enclosure? Like, for animals? Like, I thought it was a 3D printer. And I'm like, oh, what do you yeah. think this is? 3D printer computer case. What do you think we're selling here? 3D printers? At a reptile show. It's yeah. a herb show. Well, what well, we- no, and the, and the cool thing is every cage that you build, I mean, especially nowadays, right? Like, every cage is kind of a custom cage. Well, anything right. you order from us, we don't, like, people ask, how much is this? And it's like, we don't right. sell this. We don't have these. You know, it's everything is... I mean, God, every enclosure has got to have like 20 plus options. And then you got to think about all the different combinations of those options in between. So somebody wants something off the shelf and I'm like, there's no such thing. Yeah. I mean, right. all of it is just totally unique and custom. I'm like from, you know, colored fronts to different heating, lighting elements, to screens, to windows, to none of that stuff, to all that stuff. I'm like, it's, it's, it's ludicrous how many ways you can build a, a box for, a snake or a lizard or a spider or a scorpion or something else yeah. ridiculous to live in, you know? Well, well uh, I remember when we were doing your first ad and I wrote something like, uh, you want options? Give Stephen a call. And Stephen immediately called me and he was like, please don't say that. We, we have it all worked out on the website <laughs> where, where you well, could pick whatever you want. You know, well, talking well, to people. Like that. Yeah. yeah, we had like I was like, okay, I'm gonna spend. I don't know how long it was. I'm like, I'm gonna. Everybody who wants to call, here's my number. Give me a shout. I spent days on the phone. I did nothing all day except talk to people on the phone. I'm like, there's no way this is like tenable. I can't be sitting here on the phone for eight hours a day. There's no designing. There's no machining, and there's no assembly. I'm like, so we have to make a website that works where people can take a minute, just just go look around, poke around, figure out what you want. And if you have questions, email us, message us. Uh, there's tons of Facebook groups that also kind of like guide people in certain directions. And if, if I see an order come through, that's just totally not bonkers, you know, like somebody's doing something silly here. We'll try and reach out to them, make sure they get a setup that works for them. But there's so many resources out there. If it's not us, it's everybody else kind of talking about what you might need. And you got to kind of figure out how you want to care for the animal. And, you know, you sort of kind of guide your own path, like, calling me up and asking me, what do you think I should do? I'm like, that's a limitless question. I mean, it, there's so many factors involved. I don't want to be the guy who's going, this is how you care for a particular animal. Yeah. That yeah. is not right. a thing. There's, right. there's more than one way so to do many. this. And for me to go, I know everything about every species, and this is exactly how you should do it. Buy these things, send me the money, and I'll send you something. It's not the way. I'm like, you need to do a kind of, you know, you need to do some research on your own and make sure you kind of know what you're getting into versus just, open, I'm sending you the right stuff and you have a wonderful time. I'm like, it's, 
it's, that's not the way to go about it. You see and hear about it. People tell you, oh, this is how you're supposed to take care of this one animal. I'm like, that's. Yeah, there's no there, one way. Dude, yeah. There's, there's no one way. There's a lot of ways to do one thing. Well, our, our buddy Lee Reddy from Reddy's Rainforest, he does chameleons. And he said, nice cages look like they will function very well. Said, maybe add a chameleon line next with a little winky face there. <laughs> oh, we've had a lot of. And we actually, one of the first enclosures we built um, yeah. was like a prototypey side window. It had a bunch of. Uh, stainless steel screen vents in it it had a bunch of fans in the back and it had an automatic controller that that basically controlled the humidity it operated the misting we sent that thing out and i don't know what happened to it that was yep. almost that was like 2019 2020 yeah. early 2020 yeah. yeah so we've done some like wild prototypes with those things but we hadn't you know had a whole lot of feedback but yeah that's something we should do but it's just like it's kind of getting there you <laughs> so know see, yeah. lee you need to reach out and get you a chameleon cage yeah, we've we've got some weird ideas for those things. Yeah, so we definitely we just yeah have to get there and get to making them, but we have some ideas. So to- are are the majority of your orders now one offs, or do people just call you and be like, "We need a wall of cages, and we want them all to match"? Is it more like that nowadays? We get both. Both, yeah. I mean, every day you'll get several one off wild orders, and then you'll get somebody who wants you know an entire room full or zoo full i mean we get all kind of requests i mean it's everything so you try and like plan how everything's going to go like oh you're going to sell a few of these <laughs> and a few of these so let's get the stock ready and it's just it never works out like that so it's we have everything from like wild one-off super hyper custom builds to i need a room full of this so it's it's literally all of it yeah it's a lot of it which is tricky repeat you know? yeah. uh, but we have repeat wanting full room builds and stuff that like large enclosures and stuff that has a lot of options. So it's, it's literally everything. Like we cannot predict what something's going to be. We were just talking about that today uh, with how we like manufacture stuff. And it's like, I, you know, we just have to kind of shrug and be like, I, I can't predict it. I think that I'm, I'm predicting what's going to come next and something, you know, we have nearly or over 30 different enclosure options of just physical sizes, not, not the options side of them so it's kind of funny you'll kind of have like waves of certain types of enclosures and then all of a sudden boom it comes like something else comes out of the blue so we part of having so many options is we never really quite get to predict you know what our workflow is going to be so we're very good at i guess managing that and that's one of the reasons why we work so much is being able to two people have to handle everything yeah it's just the two of y'all i don't think people realize that it's only the two of y'all in that shop making them and then delivering them and then having to put them together. And Shipping's probably the most difficult part of it. If we have everything local pickup, that would uh, speed up our production tremendously. But we actually assemble every single enclosure uh, and then we disassemble it for flat pack shipping from FedEx. And so we have, you know, there's a lot of logistics going on that people don't see behind the scenes, but that's all part of like having a business. But that's one of the things that we want to talk about on the podcast too, is just having two people handle all of those logistics of, you know, building marketing and shipping and being able to actually be communicative with, you know, people and being, you know, kind of on the level of keeping, you know, we, we also keep a lot of animals. So we want to make sure that we, we, everybody gets what they need um but like steven said like people have to do a little bit of research and we offer lots of resources on the website to kind of help that out and i guess 
help out our workflow too. While we're trying to, when we're messaging, we're not assembling, we're not machining, but that's all part of the process. You know, you have to do everything. So I'll be honest. I don't, I mean, I don't know you guys as well as, you know, Chris probably does or some other people for that matter. But what I do know of you, I know that you're very rarely bored. And I feel like if you were to have a company that you were like, you have this option or this option or this option. I, I just feel like you guys would have gotten bored way too quick with that. Yeah, I I keep digging holes for myself. The second it looks like it's going to be calm and chill, I'm like, I dive into a bunch of other weird – like as we do all this stuff, we have 8 million prototypes going. Oh we have God. like a bajillion different kinds and styles of enclosures we're trying to build electronics we're trying to integrate so i'm like even when you see us just making the products that people order we have so many other revisions and prototypes and new style i mean we've got uh, there's probably there's a two or three prototypes downstairs now that no one's ever seen that we're trying to finalize and ship out to the final people who are going to test them i mean we've got some weird new tub setups downstairs um we got i think two different tub style setups we got downstairs uh, we've got a new hanger Cambro setup that we're slowly rolling out. I mean, mm -hmm. there's, and that's just extra fun stuff. Oh, we have a giant retic setup we're working on. Well, you know, giant for small retics, <laughs> I guess. For, yeah. It, it, there's just a bajillion different things. We've, we've got so many irons in the fire. Yeah. Stuff. Monitors. Yep. I yeah. made a post about that. We got some monitor stuff coming, but it's all stuff that we, like I said, at Bill's place, all of our animals there, they work for their, they work for their rats. Everybody here is employed. So yeah, the stuff people see us post online, they think that's all of it. And I'm like, that's a tiny fraction, tiny like, fraction. so much more crap at the house. There's stuff everywhere in this place. So I want to tell Darren Watson, he commented in the chat. I want to get back to this question later, but I still want to talk about some, some cages stuff first. So I want to go with the stuff you, you ordered, you delivered to Justin Kabilka because uh, I did watch his video and I watched the cage that they showed the the black dragon's going to go in. And there were some really interesting things. The, uh, like the monitor ladders that you built into the cages, which seems like, like a nothing idea, but at the same time, seems like that's genius. I don't know why people didn't think to put something for them to climb on. Cause obviously if you've ever watched a monitor, it will definitely climb up a wall and hang there. Yes. And so, yeah, well, the, like we built some enclosures in the beginning or had some requests to, and they had shelves. I'm like, these shelves are great. And I'm like, how does the animal get up there? Mm -hmm. I mean, it was literally just as easy as that. I'm like, this shelf is like three foot up. This thing's not going to just jump up there. I'm like, why don't you make a ladder? I'm like, how stupid is this? Let's make a ladder. So I machined the ladder and I'm like, this one's cool. Let's make another shelf. And we added another ladder. And of course we got that croc monitor, put him in there and this fool, he just climbed. He loves them. He's up, down, up, he's down. all over them. Yeah. All around. So like the Canova one, when we built theirs, we had the little shelf that goes – or the little uh, ladder that goes up to the first shelf and then off to the side where they have the little water dish or wa whatever you – what was that thing? Uh, cement mixing tub yeah. is what we – Yeah, the little them. tub. Yeah, there's an intake vent. So all the air that comes into that enclosure is from that vent in the back. And I'm like, okay, monitors, they love to pick and dig and grab. So I'm like, how do we keep them from climbing on these vents and trying to just constantly poke through there? I'm like, well, I need to cover it in something. And I'm like, okay – a heat panel's above it. The water is below. They don't always want to go bask under their light. So I'm like, these things are wet. They're in their water. We have them at home. They love to sleep in their oh, water. They love to sleep in their water. So I'm like, let's give them an alternative instead of just going from the water to go bask or go hide in the dark. I'm like, these ding dongs, they're gonna climb straight up this thing and they're just gonna hang on it. Yeah. So they get a little bit of heat over there from the basking area rolling over, and they have the heat panel above them. So I'm like, 
it covers the intake vents. So cool, you know, dry air is coming in. Those things are wet. They want to get warm and dry off real quick. They go straight from the water, straight up that wall, hang on to it. You know, they're going to use it. I mean, it just, it just makes sense. If you watch how they act or, or, or maneuver or do anything, I'm like that, that, Silly yeah. lizard ladder is going to work. Well, I've kept monitors since they were hatchlings. So I have four water monitors. And you actually, if you observe them and you have to take care of them every single day and clean their water and do everything, you realize like how they act, how they destroy and kind of their cycle of how they want to function. Well, and so I've seen lizards try to get up on a, on a basking shelf where it's made out of smooth PVC. Uh, they can't really grab a hold. And you can watch them do that little like scutter thing to try and get on there whereas this is makes so much more sense they just climb up the wall and they hop on there which is far more natural you know climbing up a tree and then hopping onto a branch and not having to try and pull yourself up onto a giant chunk of plastic so like i said that that, that wasn't a great idea the other thing i like is in the so the little cage that i had of of yours is that there is heat tape in it on the back wall but you built the the false wall in front of it that's vented that allows the heat through but the animal can't come into contact a lot of the stuff you do is the animals can't come into contact with stuff and I like a lot of that. I saw that with some of the cages you did for Canova and some of the, the, I want to talk about that newer cage that y'all posted with all the electronics and everything in it. That looks really cool. But a lot of your stuff, you really think out, okay, this animal is probably going to pull on this or it's probably going to touch this or tear this or so I, I really like some of those things that you've put into those cages. Well, yeah, like that matrix you have with the heated back, it's actually a half inch piece of PVC. It's actually milled, um, Basically, I don't know, like most point, of the way through. Yeah, yeah. like 0.4 inches in. Uh, it's got the slots where the heat tape with well, actual because heat tape consists of those uh, printed bars that actually get hot and it has the white space in between them. So it's actually milled with the slots where the actual heat comes out. In front of that, we have a fiberglass screen. We have the heat tape that goes behind that. We've got the coated fiberglass behind that, and then we have the cover on top of that. So that's what makes those heated back. So it can hold heat in with the uh, quarter inch back. Uh, it holds heat in with the uh, fiberglass insulation. Then you have the heat tape itself. You have the screen so the animal can't get to it. And then you have those slots inside the half inch back so the heat can actually come out. So instead of just cooking itself inside that yeah. back, it actually projects forward into the enclosure. So you're not having to work that heat tape to death and kill it. And it, it actually functions. So we had a guy come over to the house once and he asked us like, Hey man, how do you make an enclosure this size with heat in it? Nobody has a heat panel. And I looked at him and was like, oh, I have no answer. And that was so disturbing to me. I had no answer. So I immediately designed that enclosure with that back, and we tried to figure out how to make it work. So it's uh, – Yeah, I mean, I've got a small cage. I had to put a heat panel in it. The only way for me to do that was I had to order one custom-made through uh, Pro Products. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. And I mean, it's a great heat pad, uh, heat panel, and everything. But it really is a pain when you have these smaller cages, and there's not a real way to functionally heat them. Yeah, and this thing it works. It's easily accessible for people. You don't have to like you know go order it specifically. It, it just it, I don't know. It just works, and it's so been crazy popular for us. Is the one over your shoulder the new one that I've seen you post online? The, uh, yeah. that one. That guy, how hard it is? <laughs> yeah, that's I can't even see. Yeah. yeah, that's like the prototype we made for Bill uh at Phoenix Reptiles. So we made that one first just as a proof of concept to see if we could make the three by two by two slider uh with that particular like front style and be able to fit the glass, which we had to order glass and just pray all my measurements worked out and it fit. Yeah. 
Um, so that was the very first one. So I'm going to use that and I don't know, we'll put something in it, but yeah. that's, that's the numero uno of that style. So, so we, what all, almost at least one prototype. What all was in that cage? Cause didn't it have like, uh, it's had some electronics in there for like a, a computer fan for venting and all sorts of stuff. So explain what all went to that one. Cause that one I saw the other day and I was like, man, that is, that is different. Yeah, his, it was, it looks like that one back there, the logo in it, instead of just like trying to attach a decal to the front of it, we actually milled uh, several pockets into it and we actually have a floating frosted logo in it. So if you go watch any of the videos of it, that Release logo. Release Friday for our video, our vlog. Well, the logo in that thing is actually offset from the back. So when you look at it, it just looks like a frosted logo that's floating in there. So if you shine light on it, there's all kind of shadows and stuff behind it. Oh, that's cool. Uh, but, like actually inside the enclosure, he had the triple carbon fiber perch mount, which is something we do a whole, whole ton of. The perch mounts themselves were made of HDPE, which is the same material like cutting boards are made out of. So Food you, grade, please. Yeah, yeah, you can't get it dirty. You can't really hardly wear it out. Uh, he had a heat panel. He had the LED. In that enclosure, the cord runs down the side. So those snakes, he's got green trees in there. They love to perch on stuff. So we covered the cord with one of our cord covers. So the snake can't try and perch on one of the cords in there. Cause they'll pull that stuff yeah. down. Everybody knows what that's like. Snakes pulling the stuff down. Super annoying. Uh, so we had a cord cover on it. Uh, we have a probe cover on the side. So we have this probe drop down through a guide in the rear. That's mounted to the ceiling. It drops Without having to remove the, remove the back panel. Yeah. Literally you just guide it in there. It goes through this guide. It drops down. There's a cord cover you remove. You put the probe on the side, which is the same height as the highest perch nearest the heat panel. You put that probe cover on it. Uh, it covers the cord there. It holds the probe about that right height. And then the opposite side of that, we actually have, I think it was like a 90 millimeter fan with another cord cover next to it that actually can hold a probe that you can use to monitor the temp and the humidity in there to cycle the fan. So that fan can be cycled manually. You can put it on a timer, or if you want to spend the extra money, you can get the controller that reads the humidity and it cycles that fan on and off as the humidity rises. Yeah, preset humidity that you choose. Your brain yes. is absolutely fascinating. Like to just to be able to, pr I guess because I'm not, like this isn't what I do. Well, see, those are all ideas that people have always but said they should put just, in cages, but no one's done it. It's fascinating that you Oh. Well, a lot of this stuff is like, yeah, this is a good idea. And everybody goes, okay, wow, it's going to be hard to do. And everybody forgets about it. I'm like, I like the difficult, hard stuff to do that people go, eh, you really can't do it. And I'm like, I got an idea. I've seen a lot of that stuff would be great with, uh, with the new VivTech stuff because he's got a lot of the new uh, controls for environmental stuff. So you could work that into the cages as well. He's got a whole lot of new st uh, control things going for VivTech. Which, by the way, if anybody wants to buy anything from VivTech, you can use code GUMBO22 to save 15%. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> well, I think that's where a lot of this stuff has got to go. It's got to be more automated. I'm like, the, just trying to guess how many like slots you need to cut into the back of an enclosure to provide the appropriate... Florida or Canada. I mean, it's a very different climate. And it, having the slots to have to do that, I'm like, the fan setup or having more of a climate system is... Sorry to cut you off, but mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's really difficult to make an enclosure that works everywhere for everyone for every species. So it's you know having the more automated systems is kind of where it's going, but it's not an easy way to prototype that. Yeah, because you got people like Chris that don't want to actually do the work. I was just about to say, <laughs> if if Chris had known what animal he was going to put in what cage, it could have been a better situation. <laughs> I, I I think one of the more important things to hit on too was that. Um, 
you guys haven't really been copied all that much. No. Because it's like when you see one of your cages, you automatically know it's a focus cage, you know? And um, how many, I'm I'm just curious, how many like blatant ripoffs have you seen that new cage builders are trying to do in, in the style that you guys do it? We've actually had a couple and it's no one's quite figured it out yet, but I'm like, as far as somebody, we had one like very large, well-known manufacturer, literally like go on their Facebook page, try and make a copy of one of our products and say, we have seen, they didn't say us specifically, but we've seen someone else try and make this thing, which is very specific. Very specific. And they're like, this is an attempt that we made. And they will tell you, it's very, very difficult to do. Say who it is. No. You look a little. It was years ago. Yeah, it was a while back. Well, I think that's another thing. Like I said, you guys don't aren't able to sit still. And I think that is why you're able to do these cages this way, because they're not they're not a simple box. A lot of people have come out and they make a black box and, and those cages work fine. I've got several of them. But that's not what this is. And you can't enter into making these cages with that same mentality, right? It's just not going to work. Well, a lot of these guys are in business for profit, right? This is not a money-making enterprise for us. This is not a gigantically profitable thing. If you take how much time it takes to design this stuff, machine this stuff, assemble this stuff, prototype this stuff, it doesn't make like any sense on paper. So this no. isn't like if all we did was make like simple square enclosures that we made really fast and really cheap – uh, it'd be bananas. I mean, it'd be so much easier. It'd be so much less stressful. It'd be probably so much way more profitable. More profitable, <laughs> exactly. But this is this is like a fun thing. It's like there's got to be some dummy out there who's willing to try and do this stuff and see if they can figure it out. And of course, as we figure this stuff out, the cost is going to come down because we're going to be able to go faster. We're going to be able to hopefully get better deals on stuff as we do things in volume. Hire an employee. Well, that's the problem is like everybody well, says we need to hire an employee, but we just hired a new CNC machine. So I saw that better work for his money. That is, <laughs> yeah. that was ouchy. I, so, I know how much those things cost. I saw that, that, uh, that's going to be huge. Cause I know the machine you work on now versus what that one's going to be able to do. Well, that's like driving a slow car fast. People like laugh at the machine that we have. And I'm like, well, you can laugh, but if you know how to run it, you can get away with quite a bit. So the machine that we've been using this whole time, is as cheap as and as basic as it's a basic cnc machine but it it, is ultra basic but if you know how to drive it right and you spend the time kind of figuring out how she works i'm like you can get away with a lot so we've managed to outrun and outpace a lot of people with you know way more money and equipment uh just by spending the time to try and figure out how to make it work right and we're definitely at the end of that yeah that's i mean that poor baby whoo she's She's maxed. I'm <laughs> running the two out of that thing. Are you still going to keep that machine for doing some smaller stuff or some things and, and run the bigger machine on other stuff? Or are you just going to fully go new machine, new stuff? I, well, we have, we still have all the electronics in the garage set up to run that thing. So I'm like, I keep thinking we started about, in our garage. Yeah. I keep oh, yeah. thinking about bringing it back home, setting it back up in the garage and having like a big boy, you know, place set up at home and then have the real stuff at work. But then also I'm like, then you bring in work home. We, I'm we're, work home. is always home. Yeah, I'm like, when I'm at home, I'm like, I'm trying to eat and go to sleep. So yeah. I don't think I'm going to be out in the garage running this stuff. So I don't know yet. I might sell it. I might keep it. I have no idea. So DNA it's, Reptilia asked in the chat, does it suck to have so many ideas and, a, and the ability to make them too, like a curse some days? Oh, it's horrifying. It doesn't we stop. We don't sleep. 
sometimes. I mean, like literally wake up with anxiety thinking about enclosure stuff. I, it's, it's, I don't know how to explain it, but uh, 2021 was, yeah, we would every night like wake up and definitely be like, okay, what are we doing tomorrow? What is this? And it's like kind of the plan around everything. And it's uh, a lot of stuff has been like plopped in our lap that we never expected as far as good and bad that we've been. And now we're slightly, you know, you see us coming to shows and we're doing this podcast. Now we're kind of coming out of our little cave because the last couple of years we have literally the only thing we can do is work. And so, yes, it is very difficult yeah, to have I've got ideas. A, I have a lot more ideas than I can get to. Like yeah. the stuff that we do and get to is just a tiny, just tip of the iceberg. It's just weird ideas I have, but it's having the time and machining Putting the, stuff the time and, into it too, to make sure that it actually, you don't just put it out there and it's, you release it and everything, you know, we well, have. Yeah. And buying all the components and trying to figure out how to integrate finding them. Finding them, yeah. Well, there's not really a cruise control setting for this business. Like, you have to keep going or else you fall behind. Correct. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm like, we're trying to stay on the bleeding edge of everything. So, like, some of the stuff you saw at, like, Bill's Place, I don't know if you watched any of the videos, some of the models that we showed off there, those are already obsolete. I already have new versions, and it's already beyond that. So, I mean, it's just, it it, it quite literally never quits. What's your uh, your turnaround time these days? It depends a lot on what it is. So it's gone down a whole, whole bunch. So yep. what happened is, is we were at like 18 weeks for everything. I don't care what you ordered. It was 18 weeks, everything. no matter what. And a lot of that was like during, you know, I guess everybody got all their stimulus money and all their tax money. And we got like, a tr like hammered. Annihilated. Like, I turned the notification off my emails because it was going off so constantly. It was giving me like this. Like literal anxiety, yeah. I had to just shut it off. And I'm like, you had two options. You could either shut off orders, say, people, you can't buy anything from us, come back some other time, or you could extend the lead time. So what we did with just the two of us is we just kept pushing the lead time out. Say, so if you want something, just please be prepared, get in line. There's a lot of people ahead. And over that time, we went from our uh, dining room slash garage to our first shop. That shop was in one year, way too small. We moved to claustrophobic. Yeah. So we've moved <laughs> once, twice already. And then we moved to our new shop, which is double the space, which is still definitely not enough. So we ended up moving, you know, again to our new place, all while having all these orders just come through. That's when all of everything shut down. So there was no materials available. So there were shortages of PVC. I mean, you guys, I'm sure you've heard Robert talk about yeah. it horrifying supplies of that stuff we were driving five six hours to buy 20 sheets that's half a pallet that's a that's a joke so you burned through that in no time oh yeah oh no we we just nuked it constantly so we were constantly driving around trying to get materials and throughout Paying that a lot for it well that was the other trouble too was everything was 18 weeks out so you got to think that's like four-ish or so months and what happens in four months the cost of that plastic would go up 20 30 percent let's say it's it's like more than doubled i know when robert first got into this like it's insane uh, yeah that's well, where we would try and guesstimate how much enclosures would cost we would try and pad for that what we thought the future of that plastic would cost uh and every time we'd go buy it it would any bit of profit was gobbled up for like a year and a half so we worked basically for free for like a year <clears> and a half just fulfilling orders that people had placed to go purchase more material just to go backwards another whatever percent it went up that time we purchased so it was so, only cash flow no profit everybody thinks that you know we're doing 
crazy. It was for over a year. Yeah, we oh, yeah. were just yeah, we and, were and, existing. And during that time, you got to think about all the shortages of everything else. So we had to buy all these heat panels. We have hundreds of heat panels in stock. Hundreds. I've seen the and pictures. Talking, Everybody wants them from y'all. Yeah, LEDs. So we, I mean, we paid retail for those to make sure our customers retail, had them. Retail plus. Retail plus. Yeah. You would just get drilled by people, but we had to have them to fulfill those orders. It's like we can either refund everybody's money, tell them, oh, well, we were wrong on our estimate and hope they reorder, or you could just eat it and move forward. And we did that for a long time. And I think that's what's helped a lot is we've had to, I mean, we have been in the trenches. We have gotten nuked every which way trying well, to just. Shipping freight, forward. freight went up double. We, I mean, we paid people to buy our enclosures for a while. Well, and, and Robert's not here, but I'll, I'll do it for him. He's, I've watched him go through the exact same thing over the last two years. And it's the same thing you're saying. It's you, you're making enough money at this point to be able to build the next thing, but you're not making enough money sometimes to completely pay rent. Sometimes you have to struggle to do that. And it's, it's, and it's people don't understand that the plastic, it, like I said, it more than doubled. And it's not just that. Every screw that you put in, those went up tenfold. Hinges. Yeah, hinges. Every every piece of hardware became so expensive. It's ridiculous. And I've watched that happen. And I and I, I find it hard for – that's why a lot of these rat companies and cage companies are not making it because they can't work for nothing, right? They're going under quickly because they didn't plan for that. And so it's well, yeah. it's been rough. Well, that's what's happened a lot. You see a lot of guys who are like trying to – cash flow themselves out in the future so what they do is they have a bunch of sales and discounts and they get a bunch of people in to buy but they have to go gather that material all that hardware and they realize that all that money they took in was technically way under cost yeah so when they go to buy that material they can't fulfill those orders and when people stop buying and they start going where's my stuff that's when it goes backwards yeah i mean we have built enclosures for like five for people who've ordered enclosures from like five different manufacturers that have just disappeared. They took their money. They tried to play the game. They tried to get the stuff and they realized they couldn't produce in the end and they just had to give it up, which we saw a ton of that when there was a lot of attrition. Yeah. When there was the, a lot, when the inflation stuff really hit, when the shortages hit and then the cost of everything went up, the guys who were like fighting at the margin, they, they got, they were toast. Yeah. And, and the customers just don't understand it. And you'll see someone get so upset because lead, lead times got pushed out and like, Oh That's yeah. That's what happens. It's got it's got to happen for you to for you just to be able to get it. And you can mm -hmm. stop and not you can go all right, I want my money back and you can get your money back, but then you go to the next person, they're having the same problem. Everyone has having the they're all getting their plastic from the same places. Screws come from I mean it's all the same issue everywhere. Yeah, there's like five manufacturers in the US that make PVC. So when somebody claims to have some kind of, you know, advantage Magic, on buying yeah. PVC, I'm like, "No, you don't." I'm like, "I know all of them. I know I've talked to the reps. I know what's going on." I know people. <laughs> Well, I've bothered enough. Of <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but it for for a while there, it's that's why we're emerging out of the cave. And I know everybody thinks that we're just, you know, a lot of people talk a lot of crap on, you know, when they don't understand. And there's really no way that they can understand. It's not like we were very vocal about it. This is really the first time we've ever talked about it. But yeah, it's it's tough to kind of explain what that year and a half or so what we went through to try to make because we care about this. Like I posted with um the the method noir is where i started was actually with crested geckos and i've got the monitors and the crested geckos and we've got a lot of green trees now and we're getting to like the super dwarves but without that i mean uh, like one of the examples that i love that steven says is like we when we started this a uh, hundred thousand dollars worth of plastic is now two hundred thousand yeah. dollars 
It's, it's literally double or more. So having to plan that in a very short amount of time and, and predict that when we had the long lead times, I mean, it was, it's really, it's tough to explain through words in such a short amount of time, how difficult that was, but a lot of people went through it and, uh, and it kind of like gives me goosebumps to even talk about it, but how we're coming out on the, the, the other side of it and being able to work with such amazing people as far as like all these animals and stuff. And it's, I don't know, it's, I get a little bit of romantic with it, but it was, it's been a wild ride. <laughs> so how often do you now have someone want to order a cage and they ask how much it'll be and you tell them and you get the, oh, I can just build that for however much. Do y'all ever get that still? No. I, I watch no. people do that with Robert. They'll come to a show because y'all don't do a lot of shows though either, right? So they'll come to a show, they'll see it and they'll go, like scoff at the price and go, well, I can make that for whatever. And uh, they'll think they can go buy a sheet of PVC and build it themselves. I'm like, yeah, it's not as easy as you think. Yeah, but I, I think they have the reputation now where people know that they can't do what Stephen does and Ashley does. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah. I mean, creative. I have to, I will give that all to him. He does the CNC and all the design stuff. I just have have more of the input on like the animals and kind of the, I guess, creating the whole product, but all the wild ideas, you know, Steve, they come out of that, his head. Yeah. And I don't know. I don't try and beat people up for stuff. I don't try and wheel and deal. I'm like, we try and we make the best thing that we can. Like the things that we make, it's not because we think we're going to sell a bunch of them and get rich. I'm like, this I think is a cool idea. We put it on the website for sale. And if somebody wants it, they can get it. And if they don't, like no hard feelings, you know, I don't want to like try and chase somebody down and like, oh, these guys stink. You need to buy from me and I'm going to, you know, incentivize you this way. It's if you want the thing, we're happy to sell it to you and build it for you and if not like i'm that's okay too i'm not i'm not trying to kill everybody else in this industry like i have to be the one who sells everyone everything <laughs> i'm just i'm trying to make the stuff that i like and if you want to you know hang out and you want it too let's go and yeah. if not that's totally well, okay and it helps that you make something different than everybody else and it also helps that you're like go on the website and order it and that that's you deal with less less crap i think that way uh when it's not you're not in every show having to deal with the person that wants to come haggle everything, you know, yeah. it's, it's different when someone wants to haggle over a snake, which, you know, I mean, technically didn't cost as much as we marked them as to sell them versus a physical tangible item that, yeah, that PVC costs this much money. Those screws yeah. cost this much money. It's got to be this, like I, you know, it can't be much cheaper. Right. Yeah. There's definitely a fixed cost. And then there's kind of like all the value add that we, offer if you yeah. don't see it then i can't make you see it and i'm not going to try and you know song and dance you into buying it if, if you don't get it that's okay you know some some folks do some don't and that's totally all right there's a lot of people out there who make stuff so there's there's enough out there for everybody yeah there's a reason why people you know i guess we have lead times uh, pretty much everything we have is made to order so if if that's kind of how we've set it up and going back to how when we extended out to 18 weeks like now we have some things that are three weeks four weeks eight weeks uh, everything's at kind of a different time but now we've actually managed to bring it down and it's gotten so much faster yeah. we've figured that that you know that hobby cnc we have i have ridden that thing so hard i know all <laughs> her quirks i know everything she does weird and right and wrong and we have managed to cut machine times down 
a lot massively. yeah it does make some weird noises every once in a while we all both know that we need to go look at it yeah something's gone wrong but other <laughs> than that i mean that that little dude rips we um, have got that thing cutting a ton of stuff at a it's comedically fast rate fast and accurately almost it looks good i mean it's i'm looking it's, forward it's to seeing what you do with the new machine Oh, Ooh, that thing is a monster. It's like oh 3,000 pounds heavier oh, yeah. than the machine we had. I remember I when so Roberts excited. got delivered in the same brand, but um, it's, it's probably about the same size. And it was just, it's a massive beast, those big CNC machines. Oh, this thing's made out of giant square tubing. It's designed like how a bridge is built. Yeah. It has all screws on all axes. It's like a 2,100 inch per minute rapid speed. It's got giant Mitsubishi servers on it, or servos, excuse me. Uh, the resolution of the servos on it, it takes, I think, 320,000 counts per revolution. That's how accurate it is. Every time it makes one circle, it's made 320,000 measurements. It is bananas. Yeah, it's it's uh, yeah, it's a five horse, 10 tool changer. Yeah, made in Milwaukee? Yeah, so, yeah, somewhere so, up north. Yeah, somewhere up yeah, north. Yeah, I've heard the uh, customer service for that brand is pretty good. It's well, you pay for it. Let me tell you. We've been doing research for the last (laughs) year. We almost pulled the trigger last year um, and glad we didn't. We've definitely done some research and learned a lot since then. Oh, yeah. You've gotten a lot better. All I do is watch YouTube videos and I'm just salivating. I'm like, I don't need this. This is way more than what I'll ever need. And I'm like, I have got to have it. Yeah, no. (laughs) Once once you start running that thing, though, you're going to be like, oh, no, this thing's amazing. Oh, it's got to be. I'm like, I'm like, I'm running the machine today, and I'm like watching the table. And of course, it's not super rigid because it's a bolt together aluminum extruded. We machine. assembled it. Oh wow! In our garage. Yeah, it's not one that came to you. It was in a bunch of aluminum extrusions, a bunch of cables in a box. It had two uh, modules off to the side, and just you had to put it all together. Oh geez. So we, Before you even use it and figure out how to use it, you had to put it together. Yeah, and this thing here, it shows up ready to rip. You I have mean, to have a forklift, a big forklift, to take it off the truck. Oh, so. I've got to have more air compressors because the, the spindle has got to be held up with air pressure. It's so heavy. I mean, it's it's silly. That's crazy. Well, how often are you working on just one order at a time? You You have to have 30 different things going on at once, right? Well, yeah, it's not like you can go, hey, we're making this model today, and you just keep pushing the button and cranking right. it. Right. Everyone is like, you cut it. Stop. Go to the PC. Check the design. This is a different option than what we had before. So you have to redesign and configure everything. Draw the new CAD. You got to write the new uh, CAM program. You got to save it, send it, run it to the machine, start the file, cut it, pray you did everything right. It measures up and fits correctly, and it just that's every single one you do. So it's not like just sit there all day pushing the button like I'm making squares all day long today. It just doesn't happen. Yeah. And, and you guys probably don't have many things like in stock, right? Like you don't have a bunch of two by two by twos in stock. No, if we did, they just, they, they disappear. Yeah. So, that's, yeah. The, the attrition of stuff that's in stock is instantaneous. So if we ever had like an in stock unit, we put it up online. I don't think we've had any in stock enclosure last more than 24 hours in three years. Yeah. I mean, we've had some where we had like, so the the part of the process is like we have smaller enclosure sizes. So when you cut, say, like a two by two by two, you can have like one of the small matrices or, or at least pieces for it. And you can, of course, it takes time to assemble it, but you can kind of assemble that, you know, over a couple of weeks and have a couple of them available for quip ship and they're gone instantly. So it's just the, it's, I guess, uh, making the most of a sheet. Um, so you have a little bit of extra pieces, but everything that we have is so personal, 
personalizable um, with like screens and everything that we really don't have just parts on the shelf because it's too much to machine all the different options. Or if we do have parts on the shelf, it's because I already changed the uh, the design and idea two seconds later. So, <laughs> He's his own worst enemy. I cut it out. I'm like, I hate this already. Just, just put it over there. <laughs> Moving on. I yeah, mean, I, I feel like that's any creator for anything they are making. Yep. Oh, yeah. We have so much weird stuff well you see the stuff back here behind us and those are just you know prototypes that we've done and if you ever look downstairs and we have animals in five rooms of this house and there's so many bits and pieces and prototypes and strange things that, that are just hanging thing around. up there that little bitty enclosure if you see it up there that's the first one we ever made so that is the original gb1 yeah that it doesn't fit. If you ever looked at it up close, there's like eight inch gaps on the floor. It has like two That's a big gap, y'all. Oh, it's offensive. It has one CNC <laughs> slot in the back for a vent. It was a straight line. It was the first thing I ever cut on a CNC. I couldn't believe it didn't explode or catch on fire. It took us a whole day to do that. Yeah. And well, we flipped it over and we cut the front that has the little door recess in it. Uh, and we glued it together it thinking this was a center. good idea. Yeah, no, it was like a trapezoid. We glued it together and we're like, this is going to be our business. I'm going to send it. <laughs> and this is it. We're going to retire. We're done. We're going to make like three of these a day and we're never going to have to work again. It's and then, sweet. sure enough, that's not how it worked. Y'all are still, adorable. I mean, <laughs> we had a lizard in it not that long ago. Yeah, for this, real. Yeah. It rips. That was Greg Box. It that sucks, was... but it rips. Yeah. We, we and that thing made me so cake. mad. We kept making enclosures. I'm like, this thing is hot garbage. So I made another one. It sucked too. And then however many years later, it's the same thing. I make one. I'm like, this thing is trash. Make another one. And that's well, just how it works. It works though, because like pretty much every enclosure in this house is all rejects. So the stuff that we have like downstairs and the stuff that our animals in one, it's prototypes or two, it's stuff that's either scratched or it didn't fit quite right, or it wasn't the right, I guess it didn't have the right venting or whatever. And a lot of the stuff that we kind of like amalgam of parts, put it together. So a lot of our stuff hasn't gotten upgraded because we're busy working on actual production units. And a lot of the, I guess, attrition gets put in our house here. So it's, oh yeah, it's a it's it a works mess. out though. Yeah, like, if you're OCD and you came into our house to look at any kind of enclosure setup, you'd have a panic attack. Nothing matches. Nothing. Not one no. thing. We have two enclosures that have gray fronts. That's as close as it gets. One splatter paint. Well, yeah, one has pink yeah. and blue splatter paint on that it. That was the so first uh, splatter paint of that because we always test everything. So it's like plates and bowls of a college kid's kitchen. Nothing yeah. fucking matches. Yeah. And yeah, yeah, it looks like mom sent it to him. I'm I like, thought well. about y'all the other day when um our daughter. Um, recently earned her bronze award for Girl Scouts, which is the highest award you can earn as a junior Girl Scout. But she made a bench for her school and she splatter painted. Well, she James, made a bench. Joe is not a fan of power tools, we discovered um, in this project. Let's just say I know how to make a bench. So like her daddy here. did a great job putting it together for her because she was like yeah. hyperventilating with power tools. Um, anyways, but she she painted the whole thing white and she decided to splatter paint it when it was done. I'll get a picture to send to you. It turned out really cool. Oh, cool. But yeah. So it's yes, going to go to the elementary school that she went to last year. So Yeah, nice. That is very cool. I saw your comment the other day on it. So cool. I know you, yeah, we didn't get a picture of it splatter painted yet. So you have to get it all set up and everything. That'll yeah, cool. I, we're, I think she's supposed to deliver it in two weeks. We have like a teacher work next Friday. Well, I, we may end up having to do it on that Monday. We don't know yet. 
that Monday we're all off. I know, but okay. Anyways, yeah. well, that I want to get to the question that uh, the Howdies came up with for us to ask this week, which was, "What are the top deciding factors besides species in determining what enclosure to buy?" I mean, Corey Martin had, in my opinion, the number one response. I don't know. I think I think my oh, dad's yeah. is pretty good. I'll read it. Oh, yeah. but, There's a lot of uh, Brittany Patchett, our friend Brittany Patchett at Goliath Arachnid, said, uh, uh, "She, I'd say, in this order: dimensions, door slash ventilation." Materials used to make and then cost, which is interesting. She put cost as the last determining factor on buying a cage, whereas a lot of people in this hobby, cost becomes the first determining factor in anything you do in this hobby. So that's good. Uh, what was Corey's? Oh, here's Corey Martin's. The number one thing I look for is, in a vendor is one I can trust to not take my money and run, which we talked about earlier. Mm-hmm. That is a big deal. That Seriously? happens a lot. Like the amount of people who still don't trust us, they, they're kind of very curious about us. And can they trust us? Can they send us the money? Can they can they buy the thing? Are we actually going to deliver it? That was a huge problem in the beginning. And I was I took great offense to it. I'm like, I'm not a criminal. I've never lied or stole from anyone. And people, you could just tell, they were like, I don't believe you're going to do what you say you're going to do. And That's I get so it now. Sad. Well, some well, of the copycats. It happens a lot. Yeah, it does like, happen a lot in this hobby. It's so weird. So yeah, they're like, oh, these guys said they were going to build an enclosure for me, and they took my two thousand dollars, and I haven't heard back from. Yeah, there's a dude out of Alabama that was known for doing that. Uh, there's one in Texas. Well, I can name a lot. Oh yeah, yeah. there's yeah. a lot of them that, uh, and some of them they just change their name and they do it again. Mm. Yeah. Ooh, yeah. Hit my microphone. I feel you, man. What happened, man? Fuck those people. <laughs> uh, but I also want to read my dad's and the only person that will get this joke is me because and then I'll explain it but my dad said first and foremost it must be entirely overbuilt of a minimum three-fourth inch plywood and have more hardware holding it together than the average battleship second most important thing is that it absolutely must weigh a bare minimum of 250 pounds third most important if it ain't at least four feet long it ain't worth building regardless of the size of the reptile going in it stay tuned for more enclosure building advice from the expert uh, my he dad loves- and I my dad and I built several cages, and um, they built pieces of furniture. They, uh, they didn't build cages. They worked great, but holy fucking shit! It was all three quarter inch plywood. It was back when you could buy birch plywood, and it this wasn't was also like twenty five yeah. years ago. So. so we built one. We built. It made no fucking sense. It was a four by two by two plexiglass front. Plexiglass top for a rainbow boa. Thing was a bitch to move. Like it was a <laughs> massive cage for a snake that just sat his ass on the bottom of the cage and did not use any vertical space. Like we didn't. I, I didn't even think it out when we we're like, yeah, let's make it four by two by two. And then we built it. And we're like, well, this is a stupid size. <laughs> and so that lasted for a while. And then we built two two five foot. They were uh, five foot by I think two foot by a foot and a half maybe tall. And they weighed, they were, again, I didn't think at the time, you know what? You don't have to use three-quarter inch plywood for the back. That would save some weight. So, nope, it was three-quarter inch plywood all the way fucking around that thing. These were two big old guys trying to make cages that weighed as much as they did. I they, swear to you. Those two cages you. were coffins. They, But whoever ended up with them, I sold them at some point. I guarantee they are still functioning today. They're sturdy. <laughs> yeah, they're, they're holding up a house somewhere. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's, Leveling a slab or something. Well, like, we didn't even think about it. Like, the first cage we bought, birch plywood. And then we fucking painted it. And I'm like, well, that was stupid. We could have just bought cheaper plywood cheaper if we were. Plywood, yeah. And then we bought birch plywood again and we stained it this time. <laughs> Ooh, did... la, la. It is straight. It's, it's, it, it doesn't does work nice. much. Yeah. It's smooth. It's pretty. And it was only like 50 bucks a sheet at the time. But now it's like it's 150 doing, bucks a sheet at the time. It's worth overdoing. Well, we overdid the <laughs> shit out of it. 
And then the first oh. time I got my first PVC cage, I was like, oh, I'm never building shit again. Yeah, you can bench press it. Like, yes. No I can move things in my snake room by myself. He rearranges his furniture alone. It's a beautiful <laughs> thing. That has been a, a huge factor for people. They come over to the shop to pick up their enclosure, and I guess they're used to glass tanks, and like Ooh, yeah. they'll pick it up by themselves. I'm like, I cannot believe how movable yeah. this is. And I'm like, that's a selling feature? How much it w- – you put it in a room once, you know, and they're so excited about how light it is. But as far as the yeah. hardware – I, I rearranged the- my classroom yeah. pets this weekend by myself, and those glass tanks are heavy. The Forty gallons. <laughs> I forgot. Yeah. I forgot the rack that my dad built. That thing was horrible. So my, I, my I told my dad, "It's like the first rack." I was like, "I need you to build me a rack," and it may have been up built out of birch plywood too, and it was just also three quarter inch. Seems to be a common theme. It was yes. about it was about six foot tall and three foot wide, and when I got it, there were cabinets shelves at the bottom, and then. Rack, 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 rack. And he built big, a fancy bookshelf. But, but only could slide tubs into it. But the problem was not every shelf was the same height. So, so some of them had lids on them? No, some of them. I just <laughs> couldn't put snakes on those. They're just shelves that had no use. And he's like, but it looks, he's like, it looks good. I was like, that was his but, response. It looks nice. Like, but it yeah. does. It's not functional. Oh, I forgot all about that thing. Oh, my goodness. That's a lot of the enclosure rack businesses for the last 20 years like well it sort of works you know yeah. we, uh, we at least never used um oh shit what's the white stuff that falls apart when it gets wet melamine yeah melamine, melamine. Yeah. never did melamine. Ugh, uh, melamine so nathan holcomb said that he imagines most people it's probably space and cost of course if we all had the space then we could have enclosures like dougie smith I don't know that one. I don't know who Dougie's. But I'm sure does it's big ass. Oh, he's over in, I believe, Ireland. Uh, it's one of those fucking Europeans. Yeah, they all build huge shit. <laughs> oh, it's pretty cool. Yeah, he's got a monitor and a retic. Uh, very cool stuff. Who's More the one with like the naturalistic? Who's the one with the Burmese that. Python video that he's floating around that has the giant like all glass? Have you seen that one? Where like all the glass slides open and it's an entire. It's probably sixteen foot long, floor to ceiling, and like six foot deep, and he's got like two big berms in it. And it's, I've seen it in several groups, but like it's amazing because every giant glass panel slides right. along the front of this thing. Huh. But I mean, it's definitely European. How do you it's keep not, it clean? I mean, they're Burmese pythons. They just sit on the. Gosh. They don't do shit. <laughs> they shit in the corner and then they don't. Glass move. is the worst to keep. I'm not talking about the cage. I'm talking about the glass panels that slide. Well, they, How do you keep them clean? What's touching them? Fingers when you open them. Well, he's probably <laughs> the only one. Oh. But you can wipe what, that what down. It's not a zoo. There's not kids running around God. touching it. I love Someone that. has some OCD <laughs> discovered. There okay. Well, our our class helpers yeah. are, are taking care of animals this week, and that was one of the first things I taught them was if you touch the glass, clean the glass. I'm not gonna have fingerprints everywhere. Jesus Christ. <laughs> Uh, let's go through some of these other ones real quick. Uh, John Feely. Let's go with John Feely. Our brother John Feely said, there's many factors like overall price, how it's constructed, consistent signs to improve on the base due to customer comments, which is what I think y'all do very well on, uh, material used, and all have their place, but sometimes they just don't mesh. Uh, our friend Megan said, cost, material used, size, customer reviews, and reputation. I want to do business with good, reliable people. If you're known for being a butthole, I don't care how good your enclosures are. I'm not buying from you. Location is a factor as well. If I can pick up myself and avoid the cost of shipping, I'd much rather support a local business than order online from somewhere else. Yeah, that Ashley chick's a butthole. I wouldn't order a cage. <laughs> 
most monitor people, you know, we we gotta we gotta have bunch together. of bros over here. Yeah, we got a big bro right there. Oh big, my god! Gotta have the big really, secretly a big bro. Gotta have the big monitor on your shoulder just so you can prove you got it. Look at my big ass monitor. Yeah. Let's go take it for a walk in the yard. Yeah. <laughs> That's my idea. That's so much fun. I just love spraying that thing with a hose. It's very funny coming from you know not wanting to be around the monitors to let's spray them with a hose. Let's hose it down. Dex is cool. That still isn't him. He's still not around it. He's just hosing. He's like, hey, Ashley, you oh, hold right? it. Let me hose it down. Yeah. Oh, he's totally fine. Yeah, yeah. That that animal's awesome. Like you're yeah, cool Dex around is- it. Yeah. De- oh no, Dex is oh, awesome. Dex is cool. He's yeah, the one he- we brought to the herb show. Yeah. 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 Right. yeah. Now try yeah. it with the croc monitor. No. I did. Yeah. yeah. He's he's twitchy, man. That's a weird one. Arboreal. He's, yeah. He's supposed to be ultra bright, and I'm like, he's <laughs> he's a hundred percent. Like a reaction machine. He's, he's fast. He has no bad intentions, but man, he's just constantly just and he's at young. red line. Yeah, he's I mean, young. he's just constantly at red line. If you, they just have a scary like, face. Just like their face is scarier than like a Komodo or than a, any sort of water he monitor. Teeny, like he had like small little teeth, and you could see him eat rats. And you're like, wow, look at that. Yeah, those these aren't small have, teeth anymore. No, they're these. Instead of oh. being like little clear points, they're like long curved, like white daggers. daggers. And you see him; he'll bite a, a frozen thawed mouse, and it just the mouse bleeds. I'm like, this fool's dead, and this thing is just bleeding. bleeding. I'm like, that is nutty. Yeah, Chris, like, that's what you need. Is- oh, it, yeah, yeah. A lot of fun. Chris if wants you need excitement. Yeah, Chris wants yeah. a croc monitor. Build him a cage. Yeah, in, in my one bedroom apartment. All right, never mind. Don't in New York cage. City. Yeah, just let him no, live in the apartment. You have to give those things attention every day. Yeah, the just outside of being in, you know, building enclosures for however many hours a week that we live over at the shop, we have like 60 animals that we have to take care of. So it's it's definitely we started out being with the animals first and Yeah, the boxes got in the way of that. Yeah, okay, so I do I do have a question about that. All right, Steven, how much do you do with the reptiles? I do mostly like the snake stuff that I've got. So all like the green tree stuff is what I mess with. Uh, we've got the retic, So I'm messing a lot with her. Um, we've got uh, Zyla, who's our boa. You know, I'll, I'll help out a lot with her, the yeah. carpet. He's the same way. But as far as like, you know, all of her geckos and stuff, she's, the, the thing is, is she's very particular. So there's a certain way. James, you know how it is. There's yeah. a certain way that you care for these geckos, and there's a certain order that you clean them, and a way that you clean them, and there's certain ones you wash your hands in between at certain times. It's there's why it's easier just to do it yourself. I was just to say, yeah. so you just give her space. I not, yeah, I try not to mess it up. I don't want to come in there just grabbing stuff, and she's having a panic attack, like, well, don't touch this one, touch this guy first, and then this, all that stuff. So I basically, I care for the stuff that I know mostly, which is usually the, the dummy hangy snakes. <laughs> Um, and Still I try and rolls. I leave her to her thing so I don't get in the way because she's, she's a human tornado. If she's doing, you just get out of the way. She's coming. I just imagine Steven trying to help and he opens up something and the just gecko just runs out and lizards are oh, all over the place. I, yeah, midair, I have to catch them and throw them back in when I try and help them. Like oh these dudes, she'll, she knows exactly which ones are psychos, which ones are calm. That's how James I'll, is with his stuff. Yeah. Yeah. He's like, don't touch that tank or like that tub. So He's like, don't touch this one. Yep. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They all have personalities, and it yeah, sounds so funny, but she stays in her lane, and I stay in my much smaller lane. Yeah. So I, I awesome. do. I'm sure thing. it's very similar for Chris with his two frogs. Very similar. Do you yes. have what kind of frogs do you have? He said dumpies. Look at me. I have dumpy frogs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's just the way, to, and I hate them. I, I just fuck. You said you, you love those frogs, them. and you got them. No, I, I hate them. They're so stupid. I mean, they. 
They slam into the wall trying to catch a cricket. They fucking... <laughs> my my yeah, Brazilian like, horn frog does the same thing. The Should most retarded fucking animal that I've ever had. So. Chris would never catch a crested gecko. That thing jumped out. That crested gecko would fly off of him and it would just... No, we used to have uh, tokay geckos in my house oh. in L.A. Yeah. We had 30-foot ceilings, so they would get out and fucking shoot right up the ceiling. And I'm like, oh, fuck them. They'll come down when they're hungry. <laughs> you know, so... We had a ton of that. Then we had a bathroom where we had uh, we just let the leeches like free roam there, you know, Jeez. because it was always humid in in that particular bathroom. Then one bathroom we had an alligator in, so it was a little bit fucking. Oh my it God. was a little bit nuts. That's got a wild west there. A little bit. Back in L.A., we were. What to say? That's yeah, a side like, of you I didn't know, Chris. So yeah, it was. Yeah, we. Had, we had a six and a half foot alligator. Why? Just roaming in the fucking tub. Why they were would rock you not stars. Have an alligator. What's that? No, Ashley. No. I want <laughs> <laughs> Shit, Ashley, an alligator would be safer than the croc monitor you have. Oh, for sure. Yeah, she's always showing me cameras. She's like, they can't reach around and get you. I'm like, stop this. You know? Yes. Again, they're done. Yeah, they can't, give you, the old, they can't give you the old reach around. No, sir. That's the only thing limiting. I mean, they're, they're way easier to take care of than a monitor. Monitors require a lot more attention. I just you need want a I do. Go get one. I just We're want a Chinese on. alligator is all I want. I mean, there's a Chinese. lot of paperwork. A Chinese alligator. Oh, my God, yes. <laughs> Great podcast. It was nice talking. No, I follow oh, that. God. Instagram. Chinese alligator is like literally one of my. Oh, I used to work with one, oh, and they're yeah. fucking amazing. I want one so bad. So I went to uh, I went to <laughs> alligator. Uh, Move in with Chris. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. So I went to Croc Encounter, and uh, he took me behind the scenes, and and they may have a few babies there, and no one would help me steal no one. No one would help him steal. No you one. You can your pockets. Oh, you could. Oh, were. these were small enough. They could have easily fit in his there, pocket. There was a it's whole like room full yeah. of baby Chinese alligators, and I was like, you won't miss one. I was like, Chris, go ahead and check our pockets when we leave, because it is not happening at my house. God, that's all I want. <laughs> I, I, I could possibly give up my entire snake collection. Are you serious? If I could have one Chinese alligator. Chinese alligator is really what? cool. You really need to look into them. They're really neat. They are fun. The they were is, my favorite. The problem is you need paperwork and they're expensive. They were my favorite one to work with at the zoo with yeah. education. And people are like, we well, can get caiman. I'm like, yeah, but caiman are assholes. I don't. They I don't, are. I don't want. Our Chinese alligator was super chill. I used yes. to love him. I wouldn't mind an American alligator. American alligators are great, except in Texas you can't have them, which is great. Yeah, that's you, that's you, what I had. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you can have a Nile, which is a fucking horrible pet. But you can't have the American alligator, which is a puppy dog. Yep. <sighs> yeah. I think that's a little bit backwards. Welcome to Texas. But, but yeah, yeah, welcome to legislation. This is not dangerous enough. What are you doing? <laughs> yeah, you need a Nile crocodile. I mean, it's not like we're, we are not running low on alligators in Texas. We, we fixed that. We were running low on alligators 150 years ago. We're good now. So speaking of endangered animals, we're, our passage that we're reading this week is all about prairie dogs. And so one of the links that was hyperlinked in was all about black-footed ferrets. Which is not a prairie yes. dog. It is not, but it is no, it's endangered. a predator. for the 90% of the black-footed ferrets' diet is prairie dogs. Yeah, those little things are vicious. And so the whole point of the article was if you want to save the black-footed ferret, you also have to save the prairie dog. You need a lot of sacrificial order, prairie dogs. Basically, yeah. So they have stuff to eat. Um, Get more of those little fat, stupid things out there for them to eat. That was really the only place i was going with that entire conversation and story <laughs> i apologize but. well there was so speaking of the alligator there was a video that got posted on and this is chris's favorite stuff when we talk about videos that were posted on our group 
the but video that I couldn't watch because it made me nauseous. The guy had an alligator, and the whole thing is like people like kissing it, oh, and no. touching its mouth, and nothing is taped, and they're loving on it. And I'm like, this is all great until it's not fucking great. No, that's not the video. Yeah. I was talking about the video of the girls in the pool with it. Yeah, it's the same video. Oh, you didn't yes, watch the rest I of couldn't. it. I couldn't. I couldn't get. They're past swimming the first, in the pool like, with it, and then like people are like publicly seconds. touching on the face, and then he has its mouth open. He's touching its tongue, and it's not biting on one. I'm like, that's wonderful. It makes my until it fucking bites hurt. you. I can't. I can't. People well, are idiots. Even dogs. Like, you see so many things yes. that dogs... My dad was a canine HPD officer for, uh, well, HPD Houston Police Department. And it's amazing how many people would walk up to his patrol dog. Uh, a working dog, trained, yeah. A working dog that is trained to chase and bite, not just, you know, off the cuff, but... Uh, and just put their face in its face. That Dogs are very... Can be very dangerous. And so I know that reptiles kind of get a bad rap just because they're... In, more instinctive they're not domesticated but dogs are also very dangerous See, that just was... they're something that's in your home doesn't mean that they are not um dangerous they have big teeth well that was kind of my argument my argument was though that because someone said something about dogs and i said the difference here is that dogs are domesticated now obviously i don't people don't understand that you're not supposed to fucking touch a working dog it is not it's not a pet it is basically, dog. Yeah. You don't just walk you up to, to say dog. you but, shouldn't touch any so animal like, unless you have permission. So we have a pit bull and, and people will tell you how dangerous pit bulls are. I'm like, I trust mine with a baby, but like I've, yeah. we've been with it. We've trained it since it was little to not do that, which is completely different than, well, I've trained this alligator to not bite. No, you fucking haven't. It's just been right. calm enough for now. <laughs> it's just not done. It's it been yet, habituated. Yeah. That's about yeah. as far as yeah. you can get. But, but the, one day, the one day you finally animals. piss it off, you're losing right. an arm. You're like, yeah. Greg Graziani, you're going to lose I mean, the arm. But with that being said, like with our dog, Millie, anybody who knows Millie knows she's not the brightest crayon in the box. But that's a dumbass dog. she loves me, and that's what matters. But I'm also not going to go get between her and her food bowl when it's feeding time because I'm smarter than that. I will. I dare her to bite me. I mean, I'm not going to mess with her. I'll punch her. Oh, I'm sure. And then she'll think we're playing. And then she'll think you're playing. But... Yeah, I saw, I saw that video. And I was like, oh, that does not need to make its way around the internet. Because everybody's going to go, oh, look how friendly this is. That's like, have you ever seen the video of, it's like an old guy on a golf course. And it's a big alligator, like off to the side of a golf course. Yeah. And this old guy walks over there, throws his jacket on top of its head. And he's like, I'm going to catch this. I'm like, what the fuck? You have watched too many croc hunter shit. And he jumps on it. And that thing turns. How have I not seen this? It grabs his arm. And he's lucky it lets go. No. And he's yeah. like kicking at it. And he gets away. But. Oh. Makes yeah. his stomach hurt. Well, with with our alligator, the second the the guy was going into the hospital, right? So we had to watch the alligator for eight months or whatever. And he had the alligator since it was born. And he would take he worked for Chevron, so he would, you know, he would take it around for conservation and he'd let retarded kids touch it, right? <laughs> but fucking the, the um the alligator, I, I know Katie doesn't like that word. I'm sorry, right? <laughs> but yeah, you know. He lets, I'll tell you what, Katie, he lets kids that had a 43rd chromosome touch it. And that's not, that's not, and, um, that's not a thing. <laughs> or 41 chromosome. Anyway, okay. uh, the alligator was like six and a half feet when we got it. Oh, no. And, and we had a, we had a sunken in bathtub in one of the rooms. So, so we let the alligator stay there. And as soon as the guy left, the guy was like, you don't have to feed this for like two weeks, right? <laughs> and as soon as the guy left my house and turned a corner. Time to feed it shit. What do we have? What my girlfriend was like, I think Nessie looks hungry, right? So she goes, I'm going to go buy her ticket. Wait, 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 right? wait. That's what I wanted to her know. Her name was Nessie? 
Nessie, yeah. yeah. That's so fabulous. And uh, so, so my girlfriend goes and buys a chicken from Ralph's or whatever, goes and throws the chicken in there, and the, uh, the alligator grabs the chicken, right? Fucking the next day, she was like, Ness- I don't know, man. Nessie looks hungry again. I'm going to go buy her a chicken, right? Bought her a chicken. <laughs> this happened for like six days in a row. Oh, right? my God. And like oh, on yeah. the seventh day, you, you, you physically saw the alligator getting fat, right? Uh-huh. And uh, the, like the seventh day, uh, I, I had to take a piss in the middle of the night, and I forgot that there was an alligator <laughs> in there, right? So I just opened the door. The alligator's all chicken nugget. lunged at me because it thought it was getting a chicken. And uh, I pissed myself. I got to be totally honest with you. Right? I would have. Um, a good story, though. I would Let's have. So we had to let the alligator walk out on on her own so that I could pick her up and carry her back in so she, she knew that it was I mean, I was like, that's when I was like, I'm sick and tired of having these pets in the house that could kill me. You know? <laughs> because we had two cobras in the house. We had Fuck fucking, Chris. you know, all, all this fucking weird wild kingdom shit and i was just like uh listen i'm I'm past that age where i gotta get you know i gotta lose a hand in order to keep your dumb animals so that's when we stopped getting dangerous animals <laughs> what's that <laughs> lose your hand to take a piss yeah fuck that i mean that our daughter has requested that we don't get anything venomous until she moves out and goes to college why can't anything venomous till i move out of the stupid county yeah. Oh, there you go. We, we had two Venomoid Cobras, Monocle Cobras. And the one restriction the guy gave us was like, don't keep them together. Okay. And uh, we kept them together, of course. <laughs> and one day I'm walking past the fucking cage and like 13 little heads pop up. Oh, fucking. no. And I'm like, how the fuck are we going to get these things out of there? No. Right? Yeah, they we make- had to hire a guy. And, and then, then what we would do is we would test wait, to see. How did you wait, the, uh, wait, 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 How did you hire? Like, how did no. how did you find someone no, wait, to no, hire? You're missing the part that. that that's an egg laying snake. Oh, yeah, which no, means so, you completely so would, left it alone long enough to incubate for eggs. the eggs. Oh my god. Yeah. And <laughs> we, what we would do is, uh, my my friend uh, Tom Baker, if you know him, he's the guy that came up with the crystal uh, ball python. He, oh, yeah. he's, he's I know the name. Now, fucking. He, he came to the house and he was like, well, let's test out your Venomoid Cobra. And and I put a piece of plastic on a fucking cup with a rubber band on it. I was all ready, right? And so he grabbed the Cobra, right? And uh, the Cobra bites the cup, right? And he's like, see, no venom. And, and I, I said to him, I was like, what if the Cobra just knows that he's biting into a cup and doesn't want to waste venom, Right. <laughs> So Tom's fucking hand started shaking then, right? And the Cobra kind of got a little out. We just threw it in the corner and ran out of the room. We had to hire another guy to come get the Cobra. (laughs) Where do you find these people that you're hiring? You need to write a book. I was in California, yeah. It was a bunch of dumb shit like that. Oh, my God. We we used to know all the guys that, uh, that worked for prehistoric pets. So he, uh, you know, the the one of the guys would come and you know get it. One time, the cobra bit him at a party because he was showing showing the cobra off at a at a party we threw. And uh, just to fuck with me, he fainted after the cobra bought him, bit him, and, and I was like, "Fuck! What are we gonna What are we gonna do now?" And then he just got up and said, ah, "I'm only fucking with you." And I was like, "I hope that fucking snake bites you again, you fucking scumbag <laughs> cocksucker!" You know? Oh my god! It's it, it just the dumbest shit, you know. 
So, but he was totally a good killing machine. He, he, you know, he would pop the the rats for us. <laughs> and um, one time we got a delivery. I, I feel like I'm over talking the howdies, and I shouldn't do this, but it is a funny oh, no, story. Bro. Oh no, we um, are loving your stories. I, I, I was just like, we got the the uh, delivery of rats and rabbits in because we we had a bunch of big berms. And I was like, fuck, I'm going to have to kill one of these rabbits now to feed to Stephanie, right? And uh, I was like, I don't think I could do it. I I think that, you know, uh, Juan just pops the spine and it's dead right away, right? So I said, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put the rabbit in the bathtub so it can't escape. And I'm going to take the flat end of a snake hook and I'm just going to fucking jam it down on the rabbit's neck, right? (laughs) Did it start screaming? Like, I'll, I'll kill it. I'll kill it real fast, right? Yeah, it started screaming, didn't it? Dude, it took me twenty five minutes to kill the rabbit. And, <laughs> I would have been and, sobbing uncontrollably. And it, it was crying like a baby, right? Uh-uh. Yeah. So, so then when I finally killed the thing, I, I just sat on the toilet and was just like depressed as shit. Yes. You know, James has a limit on how many rabbits he can kill. It's four. His limit is well, four. Yeah, well, I, I, I could only kill one. But the kicker is we kept this big snake in, in a walk-in closet because she was like 14 feet. And um, I just grabbed a snake hook that I just used to kill the rabbit. That's right? a good idea. And I walk into the fucking room and the fucking snake fucking bites the shit out of my leg and wraps around me real quick. And I ain't going to lie, it hurt. Right, like it definitely hurt a little bit, right? Yeah. But 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 the snake was just looking up at me like, ah, oh, dude, I'm sorry. You know, like you smell, you know, I smelled the rabbit. I, you know, I just, and and we had a, I had to call my girlfriend upstairs to pour mouthwash into the fucking snake's, you know, mouth to to get it off me, and then we unwrapped it. But I still got the scar from the fucking bite. Just so yeah, I hear these but, stories. And I'm like, how the hell did Chris become a snake pert? Like how? How did yeah, you have those? Just the worst. Yeah, the ball yeah. pythons. Yeah, well, the ball pythons were such a stupid move, you know. The only reason we did ball pythons is because I came home and I saw a nerd's uh, website that some of these things were selling for like twenty-five grand a pop. So I told, you know, I told Donato, I was like, maybe we should do this, buy two of them, and you know, even even if we produce one clutch a year, it's a nice little retirement fund. How many did you and get up to got- at one point? What's that? How many did you get up to at one point? 600. Jesus Christ. That's yeah. a lot of snakes. How many females? Uh, 400. Yeah. My God. For, first year that we started breeding, we had 100 clutches. Like, who the fuck gets that lucky? And well, how many like, people? Who? It was three people? It was three people, but I was the only one work, working with them because the other two just put in money. And, um, yeah, the first time, 100 clutches, I was like, this is ridiculous. Like, fucking... This is so. It was six hundred snakes we got after doing it for two years, uh, and then six hundred adults. So we had six hundred babies the first year that we were breeding. So I was like, nightmare zone. Like that's yeah, it, that's a lot of work. It was horrible. And we got. I had freedom breeders in my house because, of course, everything that was kept here. So I had freedom. Like illegally, I, I they, my, illegally kept I, there. Well, I moved my bedroom out to here. And then I had like seven freedom breeders in my bedroom and Danny just looked at me and he's like, I'm not going to be happy until you're living out on your balcony. So we're going to fill your whole fucking house with snakes. And then the cops showed up and made y'all move them out. Yes. (laughs) Seriously? Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. I got raided by like eighteen town officers, humane society, fucking. Yeah, because it was residential, right? Yeah, well, it, it was residential, and they said, uh, they said, listen, we did not expect to come in here and it'd be this clean, you know, because I'm, I'm like you, like anal, just about clean and shit. And um, the cops came and, and said, the cops were nervous as fuck, but the animal control people came in with no problem. But by the time they were done, the cops were taking pictures with everything and, uh, you know, posting them on Facebook. And they were like, well, this is very neat, but we've seen this. <laughs> You know, so we can't unsee it. So you have to get rid of all this stuff within three weeks. And then they find me, I think, a thousand or fifteen hundred bucks for running a business out of the house, then another fifteen hundred because apparently uh there was a law in place in my town that you can't have two uh more than two non venomous reptiles in an apartment dwelling. So what a, what they charged us. Yeah, I'm like, where yeah. did that law? You know that law came from somewhere. Someone got pissed it, it, off it came neighbor. from somewhere, but the, the Humane Society people said they didn't even know that law was on the books. The person that complained about it found that law and showed them, and that's why they came. So it was fucked up. So we had to get a shop after that, but I was way happier with the shop than it being at my house. So how know? long did y'all run eyeballs before you are like, this shit's, I'm done? Eight years. Uh, I, I had a stroke in the shop. Oh, damn. Then that's when I was like, yeah, maybe we should stop this, you know, <laughs> because I was working at like a nine to five. Then I would work from six until like two at the shop and then just do that all over and again. And you were doing shows at the same time, weren't you? You were going to yeah, shows. Yeah, we were doing shows too. And Danny and Donato would come by maybe twice a week to help, you know, because they're, they're both pharmacists and they were working 12, 15 hour days. So, yeah, I was the only one at the shop at all times. And this was like mid, because I used to want to breed ball pythons, and I listened to your show, and this was like mid-2000s? This was uh, 2000, I think 2009 until 2017 or 18. Ball python heyday. Yeah, I remember, I mean, every time your show came out, it was always like you did a phone call, wasn't it? Recorded phone call? Yeah, I used to use like uh, Skype, yeah, or something like that because it was all audio at the time. Yeah, so it, it was yeah, that was a pain in the ass. I'm not gonna lie, it took me a while before I would listen to your shows because I don't like ball pythons. I'm like, this is a fucking ball python podcast. Why the fuck am I gonna listen to this? Well, the only reason I did it was because Sean Bradley would fucking constantly be interrupting people, <laughs> and I was like, the the only way. I'm going to get to learn from these people is if I just do it myself and let them talk. And every show is not the Sean show. So that, that basically it's a spite show. That's why I started <laughs> to so, fucking spite Sean Bradley. So I'm really so. glad that you brought that up because way earlier, um, Darren Watson wanted to know how long it was between you coming up with the podcast yeah, and me. actually recording the first episode. So, so before you answer okay. that, Chris, so how long did it take Before you came up with the idea of the podcast and actually started your podcast. Uh, I listened to bullshit once and I came up with this show two (laughs) weeks later. And then when did you record after that? Like pretty quickly? Oh, oh, two weeks later. Yeah. All right. So Ashley, how long have you had an idea for a podcast? Years. Yeah. 
Thanks, James. I, I Thanks. Just, I, you I, are I, not named. No. I'm going to tell you like I, I tell just, my students. I know Your Ashley, name is I know not Ashley's Ashley. had this I idea for forever. I asked Ashley this question. <laughs> so, so, there's always, almost Whoa. always a caveat. I had a, a very... Oh, yeah, one second. <laughs> <laughs> I think he thinks he muted himself. Guys, I got a delivery. I'll be right back. Okay. Right. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Oh, we're all just taking I mean, a phone I've call been, now. Number. I've I been know. texting our child, telling her, shower, get ready for bed. Do you have clothes for tomorrow? Is your lunchbox oh, in the kitchen? Hey, at least the air fryer went well. Yeah, I didn't hear any alarms go off. I never even really heard funny. it beep. Where? All right, so Ashley, back to your... <laughs> Bring it back. Bring it back. Oh, goodness. Oh, oh, thank you. Hello? <laughs> <laughs> um. So, like I... Uh, Everything has a caveat. I had a very, very, very small, like one or two episode uh, stand-up jet ski, jet ski podcast a couple years ago. So I had all the hosting, all the information, all the like stuff. I kind of knew how to do it. I also went to school for video editing and documentary and photography and stuff like that. Sadly, because nothing matters anymore. I know how to develop film, but nobody does that. So Katie knows how to do that too. I know how to do it. was my favorite yeah. thing that, in college. That was her, her minor was photography. That was my minor. Exactly. Okay, so right. So like you have that, but it's like, well, what are you going to do with it now? Yeah. <laughs> you know, it literally just got me through my last few years because it was, I switched that to my minor right after my dad passed away because I realized that having psychology right after dealing with a very traumatic death was not a good call. So yeah. I dropped out of all the psychology classes and switched it to photography because I just, Long I needed something that was fun that I wasn't going to like make me emotional. <laughs> so I did photography. Yeah. Yeah, photography's good stuff. Yeah. But, Sorry, anyways. <laughs> so, yeah, so I've had a very, very small podcast. I've kind of done this before. That was a couple years ago. And then, like, probably over a year ago, when we kind of got this gear together, uh, I wanted to do something. I like doing, like, the video vlogs and stuff, and stuff like that. But, like, as Chris said and you guys said, editing is a pain. Yes. It takes a lot of time. You have to go through it. Even if it's, like fairly straightforward if it's just you like as a talking head there's still some sort of editing so you have to be there for the amount of time that you do it and then all the uploading all that stuff and we just i mean like we've discussed in this entire podcast we just didn't have time with everything happening so i'd say over a year short story long story short over a year i've had this idea but finally in the last probably three months we've been coalescing it into an actual something actually happening now that we're climbing out of our cave (laughs) So you know something I would love to do, but I just do not have the time in my day for. I would no. love to do some type of like a YouTube channel where like I read books to kids or something. Like that would be fun for kids me. suck. Shut up. They yes, don't all kids suck. Do suck. <laughs> <laughs> but like, that's, like that's one of those things where like I would love to do something like that. I Why? No, because it's fun for me. You realize we have all the equipment for you to do that. I know, but what what time in my day do I have? Well, I don't. I have to sleep, or my heart acts up, and I have heart issues. I sleep a good four hours a night. <laughs> it's I have yes, to get, it's, I have to get six yeah. or more. Go to sleep about or two. I have, wake like, up at serious six. heart issues. <laughs> well, maybe when you're reading a book, just read it out loud, and then record it, and then maybe when you That's, have time. You I do. It's one of my I mean, favorite. I, tell you. I love to read to kids. It's a dumb idea, but if you want to do it. <laughs> you are not the targeted audience, Christopher. 
I'm just saying. It's just dumb. You so, are not the target audience. Let, let me answer Darren's question. So Darren asked how long it was between coming up with the idea for the podcast and actually recording the first episode. Uh, I know I recorded the first episode in like the end of January in 2020. Sure. I know it was because we went to Tinley 2019. It was the first time I met Carly. Yep. And then I think somewhere around December, I said, hey, Carly, do you want to be a co-host? And we we did the first one in January. And then now I'm on my... Because COVID hit after that. And then her, because she worked at a nursing home. And, and then April came along. Crazy and then for her. April left. Now I have y'all until y'all quit. And then I'll pick up somebody else. I, I mean, guess. I don't know that I get to quit because I kind of live, live here. with you. you don't have an so, option. Steven, I'm so sorry. There's kind of a caveat when you're married to the, to the host. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just going to wait till their podcast, till Steven gets tired of it and stops doing it. And then I'll just make Ashley my co host. And then y'all can you leave. You can be her co host. That's true. We just do the same. What? Yeah. <laughs> Done. Everybody wins, Steven. I'm out of here. I'm gone. No. That was it. Man, you're the creative mind, man. You got to be here. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> as long as the voice is there, you can be the ghost in the background. Oh. Yeah. You're the Baba Yaga. So. Baba Yaga. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, instead of focus cubed habitats, it's just Baba Yaga. Just saying mean stuff in the dark. Just, you need to make a little logo of like scary, like Baba Yaga monsters. And just, oh. So, Chris, let's, let's throw out Chris's last episode that he just put out because it came out today, right? Yeah. So, so you were listening to it today. Yes, because I was pissed because Chris <laughs> put out a thing a week ago that it was coming out. I was like, oh, Chris had a new episode. It's got Ben more on. I want to listen to that. And then I realized, fucker, that doesn't come out for another week. It upset him enough that I had to hear about it. Just throwing that well, out there. Well, they, um, <laughs> because they, yeah. they couldn't announce it legally until then. Motherfucker. Oh. But uh, I, I do want to listen to that. We, we've had Ben on before. Uh, before you did, so I'm just saying he was on ours before you. Oh my you. God, James! But, uh, yeah, okay. It, 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 for the probably, five people it, that are still watching us fine, on bro. this right now, that's fine. It, it actually really does matter because I wish you would have told me that Ben is boring as fuck. But fucking, <laughs> if I if I would have known that he was on your show, I would have already known that. No, okay, so, uh, but I also enjoy uh, the sciencey stuff, and he. No, no, he Ben is is awesome. I'm I'm only kidding. I, I uh, him um, and Patrick came on, and I knew I was gonna get shit from you for not asking the right questions because you're like, whenever Chris talks to Warren Booth, it's so funny because Chris obviously doesn't know what he's talking about. Story of Shut my the life. Fuck up. Story of my life. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. You just gotta right? go in owning that shit that you don't know what they're talking about. That's all you gotta do. I I don't care what they're talking about. <laughs> Like, you know, so, but anyway, go ahead, James. I'm sorry. No, that's like whenever I have Travis on, I just treat Travis Don't like, apologize to Travis, him. I just treat Travis like shit. And I hear him going on all these other shows and like, we have Dr. Travis Wyman. I'm like, fuck Travis. <laughs> You're such a man. He keeps coming back on your show though. So I know I, I, I love like, I, went, I went, I went herping with him over the summer. I was visiting my family in West Virginia. We found out we were literally like 30 minutes from each other. And he was like, Hey, come hang out. I was like, okay. It's so, beautiful. We had so much fun. Well, that whole area is about to be full of every herp doctor there is. Yeah. Because yeah. Travis is there. Warren Booth is going to be moving up there. Um, Lo- uh, Dr. Loafman is up Wait, there. Wait, is that, is that decided that Warren's going? Yeah, yeah, yeah it's decided. Cool. Yeah. 
Ben so, and Ben and uh, Patrick ben, are both there yeah, also. They're up there. So yeah, if you want anything that's reptile related and you need somebody that they live within like an hour of each other. But uh, what Ben's doing is pretty cool. I'm, we've talked about it before on here. We're talking, we talked about it last week. I just the the whole genetics testing thing I find very interesting when it comes to the morphs, and I think that's going to change a lot of how this is done. Whether it's for the better or for not, I don't know. We'll see how it works out. It's going to accelerate it, that's for sure. It'll yeah, definitely weed gonna, out some it, people. It, it's probably changing thousands of breeder plants across the country right now. So yeah. It's- yeah, you said something like that in the podcast, and it's, yeah. it's definitely going to it's going to change things. Well, and I've been telling everybody on here if if you have boas, please send them all your boa sheds because I need him to figure out that stuff soon for me. Because uh, he doesn't have he's got all this ball python stuff, but he told me because I con- I contacted him, I said, "Hey man, do you, are you doing any boa stuff?" And he said, "No, I need sheds." So if anybody out there has uh, visuals or known heads, send those sheds to him. So that he can get that stuff going for for boas because that's a pain in the ass, especially with stuff that has like a multiples of very similar genes. So like boas, there's call albino and sharp albino, and they don't work together. And I've seen people get what is supposed to be a call and then breed it, and then they don't get any albinos. And you're like, oh hey, uh, they're not the same. So they can breed to each other. Oh, they can breed, but you get normals. I've always wondered you just that. Get double pet, basically, because he's always yeah. like, it's not this. This is what you you've called. I have yes? calls. Yeah. See, I pay attention sometimes. But it's yes, I always know that's what he's looking for, and I've always wondered like, are they just not compatible with each other? Like, it's like the different ball python exantics. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's one thing I'll be very interested to see is when he starts doing all the ball python stuff, and he goes, "Oh no, this and this are the exact same fucking thing." So he can yeah. finally be like, genetically, they're the same thing. You can call them two different things because this all one. All the new genes. Yeah. Because that—that's what got. That's one thing that drove me nuts in like the heyday of ball pythons, like in the two thousands. Was the same people were breeding the same fucking thing, but they gave them three or four different names. I'm like, yeah, it's the same goddamn snake. Stop that. Yeah. So. Well, that was one of the questions I asked him. I'm like, who gets to to name the official name for like? Uh, I used uh, static acid and confusion. As uh, as an example, because we all know they're the exact same fucking thing, but the guy who gets to decide what it's officially called, everybody else now has to say, okay, this is static, or uh, this is confusion, but static line, or whatever. The guy who gets to make that decision, uh, it, it is, that puts a lot of power in that guy's well, hands. Let's, let's face it, it's whatever Kabilka starts putting in his videos and calls it. Yeah, well, Kabilka is doing the testing too. So, yeah. him so, and Morph Market. So, so. If he's like, yeah. we're going with static. Everything I breed here is static. I'm like, all right, well, that's, I guess that's what it is. It's what we're all selling it as because you got to sell it as whatever he sells it as because he's the man that makes the, that makes right. the market. Yep. You know, it's weird. You don't really see, I don't, so, Ashley, you do Crested's. Is there anybody in the Crested Gecko market that has that kind of pool that Justin has in Ball Pythons? What's, so, Sort of, but not, it's a little bit different just because it's kind of a more isolated, I guess, kind of community. So you have like Altitude Exotics, Brian Butler. He's the one that kind of came up with, or at least proved out the Exantic line that he got from Catherine in the UK. So he actually imported them from her because she just wasn't, I guess the story is that she didn't really want to um, try to prove it out. She was more like a kind of small time breeder or more pet owner so he imported them and he proved it out over of course because it's a recessive uh it took several years and so he it's called like the altitude line okay 
So he spent the time to prove it out. Now there's um, Suncoast, Manatee Suncoast uh, in Florida. She also hatched out uh, different exanthics. And I believe it's the last several years, I haven't really kept up on a lot of the politics, um, but she has a different line and I believe that they are compatible. So it's the curiosity is, is they from original animals that are the same? They do have a little bit different traits, but yes, people do kind of do a little bit of like a line that they say. Well, that like, they're such oh, a I variable species. So like that, like they're so variable that they could be the exact same thing and just look different because they were bred in mm-hmm. two different areas by two mm-hmm. different, you know, males or whatever. Yeah. So that's really the question is people, yes, they do short story or long story short. Um, yes, people do kind of name their lines, uh, whether they are the same or not, we don't know yet. And that's why I was kind of, it's kind of ha ha. Nobody tested tests, crested gecko sheds, but it would be really cool to see if some of the like exanthics and, um, so you've got exanthic cappuccino and lily white to see if those things are the same in different like locations in the country and in the world. So they've got their own lines, but is it the same? Cause like I find the pool that Justin has in the ball Python market, very interesting, not bad or anything. I just, the fact that he, you know, red, go with red stripe, right? Everybody thought red stripe was a, a shit gene. And then he puts it into one thing and goes, look what it does. And everybody's like, okay, now that's an expensive gene because Justin said it was. And, it, and I mean, it made it look away. I just, I wonder if there's any other, like any other an, a reptile out there that has that kind of one guy's like, yeah, this is the market for this animal. This is what we're going to go with. And then this is how we're going to do it. Like that guy that just had the, is it out Who's the one that had the exanthic lily whites? So it was like charging $35,000. And that's they, Brian at altitude. So he actually lily, both of them actually technically are from the UK, exanthic and lily white or the lily. Um, but he, I believe Manatee Suncoast was the first to make a lily white exanthic, um, but they all still gather that much, uh, I guess, at shows and stuff. But a lot of it goes overseas, like the Korean market. So that goes out down a whole nother rabbit hole. But like in Justin's case, I think that really it comes down to clout. Uh, he's been doing it for so yeah. long. Um, he treats people well and he has the knowledge and that's really, it's the same as reptiles, same with cars, motorsports, like Steve and I are real big into the motorsports. And like really when somebody who has clout and knowledge, um, and, um, uh, I guess they're a reliable source. If something like that, if they make something that looks cool, I think that a lot of people were like, well, yeah, I can do that too. And so that's when it becomes, when the demand goes up, the price goes up. And when the supply goes down, the price goes up. So it's really, it's a, it's kind of just, just, it's an open market. So that's, it follows that trend. And and if people who have um, the clout stand behind something, I think that's really where it starts to, you know, soar or at least become popular. Yeah. I just, it's, it's very interesting. I I started in the hobby when like Ralph Davis and nerd and those guys were the ball Python guys. And you saw them at Daytona with $50,000 snakes, but that $50,000 snake was going from their table to the other guy's table. There wasn't cash going from one hand to the other, but man, they, they lived like it was like that. But I just, and then you have Kabilka, which is not that crowd. And it's interesting to see what he does. Well, yeah, but the crowd is like, um, I would say that Bob Vu really took the place of the Ralph Davises and the Peter Calls that they're selling the dream, right? Because yeah, uh, Kabilka really doesn't sell the dream. Like Kabilka's not showing off everything that the ball pythons are getting him. 
Uh, but Bob Vu and some of the other bigger guys are really just pushing that whole, you know, lifestyle as opposed to the actual snakes too, you know? So Chris, let me ask you, we talked about it last week on our podcast, but I think ball pythons have finally hit a saturation point. I think ball, yeah. ball python people have forever been like, oh no, there's plenty of room, there's plenty of room. But I've gone to shows now and you just see so many of them and people going, I'm not selling anything. I think we've hit that point. I don't know if anybody's going to... Uh, higher up will admit it but what do you think I, I don't agree with that because the higher priced animals are they can't keep them on the shelves now but Correct. that's different but that's different those, those that's a small fraction of people producing the higher priced animals when you go to a show right, right 90% of the tables have $500 or less ball pythons that's on because there's 90,000 of them available yeah. so of course it's going to get to that point in any business it gets to that point but if people still want to come in and blow seventy five thousand on three snakes, that they, you know, th- those people are obviously going to have a jump on the people who have bre- been breeding eight hundred dollar snake to six hundred dollar snakes for the last fucking five years. Yeah, I just so many just like single gene shit still sitting on tables. I'm like, and they keep re- re- like keep making them. I'm like, stop it. Stop doing that. Yeah, just, just stop making those. That, uh, that's all. I mean, the, the, those are also people that are not listening to the market, right? Because oh, yeah. fucking why, you, you know, I, I know somebody in um, Seattle last week that made, you know, seven or eight grand at a show selling those shit snakes, you know, or, or the lower end, you know, it's going to be a pet kind of snake. But they, they, they still made four or five grand for that for a one day show. Uh, so I, I think that it, it also depends on you are where you guys are in Texas. There's a goddamn show every fucking week. Yeah. So it's like, of course, everything in Texas is going to sell less because I mean, we, in New York, we have two shows a year here. You know, you, you guys have a show literally every week there. So uh, of course the, the shit isn't going to sell as, you know, as much. I don't know. I just had an epiphany, but I'll I'll talk about that later. Okay. Jesus Christ. The Chris show. lives in New York. Yes. Oh, because you're talking about going to visit New York. Okay. I might be in New York this summer. Man. But she'll have kids. She'll have, kids. She'll have tons of Girl Scouts with her. Don't so be you don't. excited, Chris. It'll be okay. Man. No, as long as you leave leave the kids at home, we'll fuck it. We'll go to dinner. There you go. Okay. I get, I get time kids. to myself on this trip. <laughs> Anyways, you, uh, you Texas chicks are wild though, so I don't know if I can handle Katie. You know. So I think. Sorry, it was just like a. You, you good now? I'm, look, it's after nine o'clock. It's my bedtime. I'm surviving. Okay. Just make sure you're good. We're with you. All right. Uh, so let's go ahead and we'll wrap this up. Uh, Chris, if people want to get a hold of you, or well, listen to you, you don't want to talk to anybody. If people want to listen to you. <laughs> Snakesandfatman.com. Dot com. All right. Yeah. Focus cubed. How are all the ways that people can bother y'all? You can find us on Facebook or Instagram. It's just Focus Cubed Habitats. And then if you add dot com to that, you can find our website with all of our different models and incredible information. There's some pictures of me on there. So there's all kinds of stuff to look at. Also, <laughs> Focus Cubed Habitats on YouTube. Uh, that's where the podcast is going to be, and it'll be hosted in actual podcast. There's enclosure places. talks on there. So if you want to know what a box looks like before you get it, yeah. you might find the same combination of stuff you possibly might want to order maybe on there. 
My, my Are you guys going to do uh, audio platforms too? Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah, so we'll be broadcasting to uh, basically the Apple Podcast, all of where it broadcasts right. to. You guys. You're going to be here. <laughs> You're not Baba Yaga yet. I got to get scarier. So obviously, Chris is not child friendly. <laughs> James no. is not child friendly. I'm more child friendly than Chris. Well, will you guys <laughs> have an. I'll be the child. <laughs> I'll be the child. So I got it. I can do it. <laughs> Will you guys be an explicit podcast or you, will you be more child friendly? I mean, in, as far as our like one-on-ones, I don't think that we're really going to be you know, going hog wild. But if we do interviews, I'm like, I'm, people can be whoever they want to be. Yeah, but I've talked to Ashley in person. I can't really see Ashley just being like, Fuck. Oh, <laughs> man, you've been so You much. have not met me you long You can't enough. take her in public. I'm like, we are outside. I have. <laughs> like, it's rough. Yeah. So it's, like, people can hear you. It's and, funny uh, that you say that. When we found out that we were going to have a child, I just knew without a shadow of a doubt she was going to pick up bag language from her father. That ain't for me. It 100% did not come from James. Yeah, it was a lot of my mom. Yeah, she stubbed but- her toe and went, damn it. And I was like, but she used it correctly. Are we really mad at her at the age of two? Yes. And James was like, yes. Yes, we're angry. <laughs> Anyways, uh, if you want to get a hold of us, it's, uh, well, if you want to get a rack, Robert's not here, I'll do the rack. If you want to get a rack or a cage, uh, that is a, a black box and it's not. One of these, I feel weird. It's but anyways, it's lsreptilerex.com. Uh, and then us, it is the Reptile Gamble Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and at gmail.com. And again, if you want to save uh, 15% on VivTech, it's Gumbo22 is the code. Just go get you a light bulb or a camera or whatever the five million things that he has now that he's been putting out, mm-hmm. or a snake bag, or uh if you want to get Reptichip or Kabilka or Bo, I'm just trying to go through all of Chris's five million sponsors. <laughs> if you'd like to buy Kabilka, <laughs> <laughs> you want to buy a Kabilka? Oh my God. <laughs> I feel like I just ask y'all, do you use, and then just yell at you for not using it, whatever it is? Oh, you got to go. Go. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> say, aren't there fart noises or something? That's not the problem. The problem is the beginning of 15 Minutes of Lame with the fucking bell. Was it? Was there an air horn on something oh. at one point? No, it's the bell. He it's it's the beginning. He dings a bell. All I know is that fuck. wakes me up yeah. in the car every time. Every time it wakes me up. Because it's so much louder than the rest of the podcast. Because there's something soothing about your voice. Like I fall asleep every time. <laughs> You're so boring. I don't know why. Oh, that's great. But great. Now, now great. that I'm okay with my child listening to your podcast. Because at first I was like, should we let her listen to this? Should no. she be in the car with every other word being fuck on this podcast? No, I, I don't even know that I'm saying fuck. No. She knows. She knows not to repeat what she hears. She knows that Chris is a horrible person. Don't say what he said. No. Yeah. <laughs> uh, anyways, thank you all for coming on. Hang out while we go away. Everybody that's still watching or listening, thanks for doing any of that. Uh, we will probably be back next week i don't know we'll, at some point we'll be back but uh goodbye